On this episode, we discuss Space Jam, A New Legacy. Starring the Bron James. I translated his name from the French. And welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, listen to that pro intro. That's Dan McCoy, and I'm Stuart Wellington, his right-hand man. Hey, look at that professional right-hand man backing up that professional intro guy, and here's Elliot Kalin, kind of an amateur when it comes to talking into microphones, but the kind of amateur that is a pro at... That mm-hmm. kids it. love and parents tolerate. Uh-huh. Hey, I don't I'm know. kid tested, also kid failed. I did not pass mm-hmm. the test when the kids put me to the test. <laughs> uh-huh. And what, what kind of a test was that? Like a push-up was contest? It like a, a or? Yeah, it was, a, test? It, was, it was a push-up contest with a toddler, and oh. he easily bested me. I was having uh-huh. so much trouble, and he, he, has, he can't even stand for longer than, you know, a couple minutes at a time, but his push-ups were amazing. Because that's the thing. Ant-Man told us that toddlers have the proportion, proportional strength of an ant, so they're going to be super strong despite their small size. Did Ant Man mm. tell us that? About yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. Oh, that. it was Baby, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Baby, yeah. I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> baby. <laughs> the, the Christmas standard, Baby, I Blew Up the Kid. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> baby, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> yeah, we, all remember okay, that, uh, we all remember the Ice Tea commercial where Frank Sinatra takes a sip and he goes, I blew up the kid, baby. Uh, okay, stop fucking around, guys. What do we do here? Uh, this, is, this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie. That's what they call then, Mall Business Wellington. And then we talk about it. And this time we yeah. watched Space Jam, A New Legacy. That's the second Space Jam movie. Uh-huh. Uh, Thank you. you know, I assume they'll just keep making them and making them. Every 20 uh, years we get a new Space Jam. That's the, that's the implicit precedent that's been set. Yeah. Yeah. And just like me... This movie is all business, the business of representing the properties of Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah. Guys, uh, nothing really prepared me. Before Stuart goes in summary, nothing, all the things I'd read about uh-huh. how it was full of Warner Brothers IP, nothing prepared <laughs> yeah. me for, for what this movie is. Uh, so I'm looking yeah, forward no. to hearing how Stuart describes it. It was, it was the Space Jam equivalent of like one of those Oscars montages that's like, remember movies? <laughs> Well, that, so let's. The, let, it, let, it I the, think we should set the 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 state the scene. I guess the stage, the basketball well, stage. Well, I just want to see. I was one thing for that. I want to say when I the uh, sorry to, to cut you off. I was trying to explain this movie to my son, and I said, I think I haven't not since Cats have I seen a movie where I was like, people made these choices at every yeah. step of the way. Someone mm-hmm, chose yeah. for the movie to be this way. But sorry, sorry, Stuart, set the stage. Or no, rather, that was like a, that, you were saying. That, that was a great. That was a great interruption. Um, the, <laughs> the, so we're on the we're on the basketball stage, um, and uh, so I have never seen the original Space Jam movie, mm. which is weird because I am yes wearing a novelty jersey from the original movie Space Jam, saying that I'm a member of the Toon Squad. In fact, that I'm Michael Jordan, even though he's not the Toon. That's the weird thing, you know. He's yeah, he's not a tune in it. Yeah, he's a ringer. Um, he's so have you guys tune seen because it? He, he has tune ancestry. So they, he applied for the passport. They gave him honorary tune mm-hmm. citizenship. You know, you can do that these days. Mm-hmm. So have you guys seen, have you guys seen Space Jam? Uh, I did back in the day. I was a little too old to be one of the people 
who is an adult now running around being like, no, 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 Space Jam's a great movie, because that opinion, I'm sorry, is incorrect. <laughs> I know that uh, one one is led, what, you know, like, uh, we, we usually take the stance that, you know, we can all enjoy what we enjoy, and you can enjoy what you enjoy. That is fine. Uh-huh, yeah. You can, you may enjoy Space Jam. That is, the, I, I would prefer that you get joy out of an item uh, than to not. But it is objectively a mess of a movie. <laughs> yeah, anything uh, that helps get you through this fucking gray haze of a life. I mean, if it's Space Jam, you know, go with God. Go, yeah, come on. If it, if it's helping you reach tomorrow, then then more power to you. But Dan, can you think of a better movie based on a commercial for shoes? You <laughs> did they ever make that uh, a movie of that commercial? The movie? No, it never where got made. where Spike Lee was like a little doll man. Did that ever? Oh, no, you mean like, uh, the, 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 what, the Little Penny <laughs> Anthony Hardaway commercials? Or oh, is that what it was? Mm. Well, there was because Spike Lee did. Spike, well, you, maybe did you, you were, direct Spike that? Lee, no, I don't. Spike Lee directed commercials where he played Mars Blackman, his character from She's Gotta Have It. So, okay. like, mm-hmm. that's the amazing thing about those commercials is that Spike Lee imported himself as a character from an independent film <laughs> into, like, Nike commercials. I think they were. Mm-hmm. So that's but – that, but they're the commercial. The and movie he, and he shot anyway. a lot of those – like, he shot some of those, like, black and white, right? Yeah, they were, yeah. like – they were he very artistic, the, I mean, which was those, pretty those great. Those are basketball com- – those are shoe commercials that take place in the She's Gotta Have It universe, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, like, that's <laughs> – that if, if ever an artist was able to uh, – Bend the powers of mercantilism to to shape his, to to his own needs. You know that's amazing. Yeah. But uh, I don't. But I think the movie came first. Yeah. I. I. I by the way, might I think, so- you might be thinking of the. I think Spike Lee unre- unrelated a little penny commercials. Yeah. By the way, I'm sorry uh, that I came in so hot in Space Jam. I'm. I. I am a little tired of. I think the internet thing of like insisting X or Y thing that a person has nostalgia for uh-huh. is like like actually really great like you can enjoy a thing for nostalgic reasons i do it all the time without like being like this this is also like well done i mean i sympathize with it unfortunately as a child i had impeccable taste so the things i'm nostalgic for are genuinely great so (laughs) yeah i I sympathize with it but it's not an experience Uh, that i have so mm -hmm. and as long as you can continue experiencing those things that you loved in the exact same way Slightly different, but not actually different. Yeah. Then you're happy. It just has to be the exact same adventures. Yes, as it just long, has to say that it's new. As long as the entertainment media that you are ingesting now reinforces all of the things that you took as basic assumptions about the world when you were a child, everything's going great. You don't have to worry about it because mm-hmm. new things are challenging. No changes. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. there, no changes. Yeah. But there's a lot of changes between Space Jam and Space Jam: New Legacy. Now, I, oh, there well, are. Well, wait. Before we address that, Elliot, I don't think you answered my question. Have Sorry. you seen the first Space Jam? Yes, I, I had the. I, it was my answer is going to be redundant to Dan's. I saw it back when it came out. I was also uh-huh. a little too old to be really caught up in it. As someone mm-hmm. who has a really, and I'm sure Dan feels the same, a very deep emotional connection, like love for the Warner mm-hmm. Brothers characters, there is a part of me that has that, it, what we were just making fun of, where when I see the Looney Tunes characters not being handled the way I like them to be handled, it is Uncanny Valley repulsive to me. So Space yeah. Jam, the original movie, is like, fine. The one, th- the one th- there are a couple things that connect these two movies. One, you have a big basketball star who has to f- play on a team full of Looney Tunes versus a team of monsters. That's the same mm-hmm. thing. Two, pop culture references that are already past their sell-by date. In the original Space Jam, there's like a Pulp Fiction uh reference in this one there is a matrix reference which that is a reference that was dated can we do that again now but like i mean that like but you know the original space jam came out 
Like, I mean, there are a lot a of year Pulp Fiction after re- Pulp Fiction, references. Think, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not the 20 year gap that we're talking about for yeah. I mean, a Matrix it's both, one. It's both too too long for it to be a current reference and also not long enough for it to be a classic reference. But uh, the original Space Jam was about a great athlete and beloved characters coming together to sell shoes. Whereas this one is very different. It's about a great athlete and beloved characters coming together to sell a semi connected IP universe owned by a specific corporate studio. Yeah. yeah, it seems a little more vague. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't matter. But, so let's let's get into the meat of and this. Also, uh, and also, Bill sandwich. Murray was in the old one for some reason. Uh huh. Um, and he is not in this one, or he might be in the background. There's a lot of shit going on. Okay, so I think, movie I think opens. Bill Murray at this point he's owned by Warner Brothers. So yeah, I think he is in uh-huh. the background there somewhere. He's he's mm. he and King Kong are high fiving at some point probably. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So we open. We have a young LeBron James who is talking to his mom, and his mom is explaining that she can't make it to his basketball game because she's got to work. Um, yeah. And he's bu- he's bummed out. Uh, then I, I make note that there's a music cue for Ghetto Superstar. I think that's the date <laughs> when this is happening. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I mean, then um, I remember that. I mean, this is set in 1998. That's a year before I graduated from high school, and I remember that song being all over the place around then. So accurate. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't fault Space Jam a new legacy for not being accurate. You know, there's find me a scene in it where there's an error of some kind on the historical <laughs> record. And I'll, that's true. I, I I haven't found it. Looking through it, I have not found it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, young LeBron gets distracted by a magical Game Boy and it messes up his basketball focus. So he <laughs> throws that describe, Game Boy dis- in the trash. Describe the Game Boy being magical because it does <laughs> seem a little magical, but it's never really explained. It doesn't come back. Yeah. Well, he's handed this Game Boy, which I feel like is would have been like an, an artifact at the time that he received it by 1998. Well, his friend right? says, I just got a color one so you yeah. can have my yeah. old one. Oh, yeah. okay. That that explains my next question because I was like, Ness question. <laughs> ho ho ho! Now he throws away the Game Boy later. I'm like, I thought that was his friend's Game Boy. But even so, it's you know, trash. It's a, why, why are you throwing away the only cartridge he has is that Bugs Bunny Game Boy game? just because your coach tells you you got to keep your head in the game. Like, give I'll tell that you why, game Dan. Boy to I'll, another friend. I'll tell you why because his coach you might have recognized as Avon Barksdale from The Wire. So he better Uh-oh. get his head yeah, in the game or his head's yeah. going to have some bullets in it. So let's okay. just watch mm-hmm. out. Because yeah. even even the even the temptation of legal money in legal real estate <laughs> is not enough for Avon to get himself off those corners. He's he's mm-hmm. going to, yeah. if he's your basketball coach, you got to take what he says seriously because otherwise you're going to get killed and boarded up in an abandoned Baltimore building. So that's I mean, why. I think he, I think Avon is just arrested. He doesn't get murdered in the show, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll No, no, but he, but he murders a lot of people. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's a murderer. Yeah, I guess you're right. I got I got distracted by your thing. I was thinking about uh, the joke I was going to make. That's part of being a podcaster. You were thinking about. uh, You were thinking about. uh, Spoiler alert! Later cameo appearance by Michael B. Jordan, who also was in the first season of The Wire. Tragic. I don't think. Oh, yeah, cameo appearance in the movie. Okay, so. uh, Okay, so. Uh, he throws the Game Boy in the trash. Does not need that thing, or does he? We'll find out later. Um, he uh, we <laughs> get he some career it never highlights. Comes back. <laughs> <laughs> we get some career highlights for LeBron James over the opening credits, which is good for me because I have not followed basketball other than watching uh, the Last Dance documentary over and over. Which, by the way, if you haven't watched, you should go watch it. The Last Dance is great, and also talks about Space Jam and kind of places it within Michael Jordan's history. It's great. Oh. Um, now, were you guys were you guys thrown off at all by how the first like ten or fifteen minutes of the movie, maybe the first twenty minutes, is just about LeBron James and how great he is. And there's no Looney, except for that one Game Boy game, there's no Looney Tunes for a long time. And I was like, this is really a, like a, this is a LeBron James heavy movie. Like they're really yeah. selling me that LeBron, LeBron James is the hero of the universe. Did that I get would, to you guys at all? <laughs> I wouldn't say that it 
it got to me, but I will say that much like uh, our previous movie, Jiu-Jitsu, where I, I became less interested uh, once um, the alien showed up, another sentence I never thought I'd say, I became less interested in the movie once the Looney Tunes showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, okay. So, uh, okay, so uh, after the opening credits, we're in modern day, we're at uh, LeBron's amazing uh, mansion. Uh, he is the at this point he is the best basketball player in the world, but he's not the best father in the world, right, guys? Well, he's yeah, not he's... a bad dad. He's not a bad dad, basketball dad. But he clearly he wants his kids to follow in his Nike wearing. He is probably, a harsh basketball master. footsteps, and yes, he not is a just harsh to follow, and not just to follow in his footsteps, but also do it his way, a, yes. a way that focuses on fundamentals, you no know, hot dogging, uh, and hard work. Because when you're on the basketball court, that's work. Which is weird, because normally you would think it's a game, you should be having fun, but not for not for King James here. Um, it's so hard to son- be a king. Heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown that's made out of a basketball that's been cut in half. Because uh, mm-hmm, basketballs true. don't, it's hard to fit that on your it, head, and it's just yeah. awkward, you know. It's just, I mean, at that point, obviously deflated. So, uh-huh. like, it I mean, that's sort the thing. of looks like... You're wearing like, just like a piece of rubber on top of yeah, your head. Yeah, it's like a floppy rubber beret. It doesn't look like a yeah. crown anymore, and it throws uh-huh. the weight of your head off your balance. Yeah. And so to play while think, wearing that is amazing, and which he does every night. Yeah. At first you'd think it would look kind of like the crown that Jughead wears, yeah. but I don't mm-hmm. even know how you do that. Like no. It's like trying to get your hair to look like Tetsuo from Akira. Like, you just can't uh, do it. Don't it's even try it. I've tried and failed so many I times. Go, I go to every barber, and I'm like, I show him the picture, and he's like, can't do it. <laughs> Here's an example of what I, what I want you to do, and you just show a cutout picture yeah. from Akira, and he's like, let me sit you down. This is the talk I have to have with people. Uh-huh. I can't do it. No one can. It's impossible. Only one person has ever had that haircut. And he shows you a photograph of Katsuhiro Otomo with that hair. And you're like, "That's that was his magic power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I show my barber a picture of Jughead's hat. And I say, make my hair look like this. And he says... That's a kind of a hat that I guess people wore at one time. Well, not this thing, frequently, but the thing that kind of hat. So this is something I learned a long time ago. It's what you do is you take a baseball cap and you turn it inside an old style baseball mm. cap. You turn it inside out and like cut some parts of it because one of the Bowery boys wears a hat like that, and it's like a, it's like an old hat turned upside inside out. Uh, but also, I, I have to assume it was established at some point that Jughead is the prodigal prince of some some far off nation, and that's why he has a yeah, crown all yes. the time. You know. uh-huh. Yep, the Prince of Hamburger Land. Uh, so his son, his son Dom. So wait, he's his, Ronald McDonald's son. It all yeah. makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, his son Dom wants to build. Uh, not Ronald McDonald's son. We're talking about the son of LeBron James. Wants and we're not to build talking about video Dom, games. Uh, Vin Diesel's character from the Fast and the Furious movies. And no, we are also, also not talking about LeBron James's real son. Uh, he he has real children. These are not them. These are fictionalized LeBron James children. It, it is a very it is very strange to see an actor a guy playing himself in a movie with a family loosely based on his family. And that is it is weird. It's, it, it's very weird, and you gotta you gotta feel bad for his kids who I assume auditioned for the roles did not get callbacks and <laughs> and had to see other it's kids. Like you gotta playing focus them. on the fundamentals, kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> get back on that acting court and beef up your chops. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. So uh, his son Dom wants to play. Wants to build video games instead of playing basketball. And he not just that's not just a dream. That's something he does. He has built a fully functional video game prototype that he has put up on the web, and other people are playing. I don't know mm-hmm. what platform he's using, but he is already like he is. He's a prodigy at this point. Yeah, um, and he wants to go to video game camp, but LeBron wants to go to basketball camp. 
he is, LeBron is very invested in his children's schedule, which I feel like for somebody that busy and famous, he probably would be like, oh, wait, what are you doing next week? And then the kid would be like, yeah, I'm going to this. And he's like, I thought you were going to that. And he, he'd be like, no, I talked to mom. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like he doesn't have, like, I'm just saying he probably Stu, doesn't Stu, I hate Maybe to break I'm it wrong. to you. I hate to break it to you. That's what my life is like, and I'm neither busy, busy nor famous. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut to we cut to the most exciting character in the movie. That's right, Don Cheadle playing Algie Rhythm. <laughs> he really is. I mean, who he, is a, he is kind of the most exciting character. He's in the incredible. Movie, yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's having so much fun. I love it. And Al, Al I mean, we got to take take a moment. Like Algie Rhythm, obviously a pun on algorithm. Mm-hmm. Although it does not sound like that. It sounds like you're talking about the plant. Yes. The algae, uh-huh. a rhythmic plant, mm-hmm. or, an aquatic or, or, plant or, or with o- rhythm. <laughs> or Ollie G, a non-Warner Brothers-owned character, I have to assume. Yeah. Yeah, they do keep calling him Al G, and it is it shows how few people own fish tanks in the production of this movie <laughs> yes. that no, no one was yes. like, this sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like, yeah, get, get, just say it a couple more times. Aren't you hearing it? It's pretty pretty clear. Okay, so we meet, uh, we meet Al G Rhythm, who is the, like, the manifestation of, of the uh, an algorithm that lives within the universe of the Warner Brothers servers called Serververse. So we go to Warner Brothers Studios. Obviously, if you guys are like me, the whole time you're like, where are those fucking Animaniacs? Well, they don't show up, not even in the background. There's no fucking good feathers. Get out of here. And <laughs> it is it is strange that the, that the, it is a noticeable snub that the Animaniacs do not show up in the movie. Yes. You you gotta imagine what what executive's wife they slept with that they are now persona non gratas on the on the Warner Brothers lot you know yeah I'm I'm surprised they didn't like fuck with a lament configuration and the fucking Warner Brothers and dot pop out or something <laughs> um, but let's go on um, now Algie Rhythm is hanging out with Pete who is like a little cartoon like assistant yeah. robot thing what was um, he supposed like he's just a robot right like he's not yeah. supposed to be a real he- thing. Yeah, he he looks like a Clippy style thing, but if Clippy wasn't like a paperclip, but just kind of a blob. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like a like a character that probably could have gone through like one or two more designs. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he is scheming to use LeBron to. This is where it got a little bit fishy for Stewart because I maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. He's trying to use LeBron to like enter the real world or like take over the world so- somehow using LeBron's brand to like tie-in with Warner Brothers brand. I don't quite get it. This this part is very not make sensey. And yeah, he's like, there's this new technology that I'm going to use to escape the serververse because I'm going to be famous on my own. I'm not going to need yeah. to rely on the Warner Brothers brand anymore. And the only way to do that is to harness LeBron James's fame and make it kind of like a t- team-up between me and LeBron James. And I will piggyback on him into becoming mm-hmm. famous. And now again, this is a com- this is a personification of a computer algorithm. The I, mm-hmm. like the movie seems to have forgotten almost instantly that he is a computer program and not a real Don Cheadle mm-hmm. that is yeah. living inside of a computer box. Mm-hmm. And so but the idea is that he is somehow going to yeah, he's somehow going to insert LeBron James into the Warner Brothers product line in a way that makes him famous. It's not it's one of those things where it's like, Stuart, you were right to get lost because it's not doesn't make sense, uh-huh. and they didn't put it. It's not well done, you know. Okay, before we get to the fruition of this plan, uh, we're back at the mansion. Dom tries to show LeBron a working version of his video game. It's called Dom Ball. It is, in his own words, like basketball, only better. It's got power ups. It's like a one on one basketball game. 
you can get style points for doing things. You can get super style cool. points. So there's a completely different scoring system. Uh, and LeBron takes a controller. He thinks he knows how to play the game because he is a basketball fellow. Um, and he tries to use one of his <laughs> own moves, a move that is apparently illegal to use in some states. And by doing it, it causes the system to crash uh, and... All, all kinds of hell breaks loose. And it erases Dom's character it, from the game. It's a beautiful computer setup, though. It is like like six monitors. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's well, a professional computer his, setup. It is it is a Neil Pert level of, uh, of like <laughs> drum equipment type bullshit. He like, I mean, uses his phone it, to scan in his tra- pet tarantula at one point for yeah. use in the game. I mean, look, he's, his dad's rich. He can buy, and his dad yeah. has clearly up till now not been paying that much attention. So you know this kid's just using his dad's credit card to just buy whatever computer. Silicon Graphics Workstation? Yeah, give me one. What's the computer NASA uses? Yeah, that one. Give me one. Running a Warhammer store on the Upper East Side, I was that guy selling stuff to kids using their parents' credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like John Katz, Mercedes kid. Like, I don't care about that fucking guy. I'll sell his kid whatever Warhammer's. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, we <laughs> that's some New York politics, everybody. Um, <laughs> when, it's a very, uh, very specific show of Stewart's ability to put aside his own political preferences to sell to miniatures of orcs and ogres to kids. I mean, I was taking his money. I was repurposing his money to. Oh no, you uh, were you were using again, like much like much like Spike Lee, you were using the market to your own political and cultural ends in a yep, way that is yep. beautiful. I am a lot like Spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, as LeBron exits the room, I, I mean, had you're in both, my notes. You're both people that I have been in elevators with, you and Spike oh, wow. Lee. That's another similarity. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Did you tell him that the absolute Brooklyn flavor that he endorsed is fucking trash? I didn't. This was wow. long before then. It I was tastes a student like at apples. A, Who wants that shit? I was a student at NYU, and we happened to be in the same elevator, and I was wearing a taxi driver T-shirt, and he looked at it quite dubiously and then mm. looked away. Yeah. So yeah. did not appreciate that sartorial choice on my point. Now, I have in my notes that as LeBron's leaving his son's uh, bedroom, he does a pretty terrible dab. I mean, I feel like they could have done a second take on that. Um, no, well, okay. I think it's I think it's kind of a per- they're they're painting LeBron as a as a yeah. as he is both the most amazing, most graceful, most talented athlete in the history of the world, and kind of a goofy, relatable dad. You know, it's yeah, like I, if Kevin James and <laughs> oh. uh, and uh, and uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, the I don't know, but I'm glad that uh, you, and had, if it's you like, took the sorry, ball. It's, it's, like, it's like if Kevin James and Jim Thorpe were one person, that's LeBron uh-huh. James in this movie. Okay. And also yeah. Kevin James and LeBron James are brothers. They have the same last name, James. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and that's why, why Kevin James is always plotting to kill LeBron James and steal his crown. <laughs> LeBron in this movie. Because he's the uh, king of Queens, but he wants to be the king of basketball, like LeBron oh, James is. Guys, it all makes sense. The more I think yeah. about it, the oh, more it makes sense. The, wow. Elliot's starting to put stuff up on his whiteboard. There's red string. Hold going on, let me just get some to yarn another. to connect this picture of LeBron James and this picture of Kevin James. Hold on. <laughs> oh, it's a one-to-one connection. <laughs> yeah. It's a whiteboard. Just use a marker, man. No, no, yarn, yarn. I but, can't, uh, I can't no, guys, I'm trying to erase the yarn and it's not erasing. Hold on, what am I doing wrong? Just a note on LeBron James as a performer. <laughs> like I said earlier. That sounds like I your sound- monograph for your doctorate, a note a on note LeBron on- James. <laughs> No, I said earlier that this is the rare movie I was less interested in when the Looney Tunes showed up. And and part of it is, again, yes, I too am the thing that I was making fun of earlier where I'm like, this is not the way the Looney Tunes are supposed to be. But but um, in these early scenes, like at least 
at least there's some semblance of like r- relatable humanity. And LeBron James, not a good actor, but there were a couple of moments where they use his sort of like, like ultra serious intensity to comic effects that I I enjoyed. Like I enjoyed him like interacting with the kid and sort of like uh, if there was a joke where he like kind of like at his expense of being like so intense, like there was a little fun and he had some presence, but whenever he's then later on called upon to emote, uh, uh, you know, if you've seen a Saturday Night Live where a, a sports star is hosting, you will be unsurprised at the the, the quality of, of the work there. Yeah, I think he is not – he is in no by no means like a, an actor. But yeah, LeBron James, I think you're right. He has like a presence. He has charisma. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, reason yeah. that like he's the best part of Trainwreck, but a lot of it is just him reacting to what's going on, like just being a sidekick basically, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Wait a minute. Isn't Tilda Swinton in Trainwreck? Is Tilda Swinton in Trainwreck? Yeah, I think so. I think she plays the boss at the magazine. I think she's the best part of training. Okay, she, well, she's the best part of whatever she's in. So that's a different story. But the the uh, the but he in this it's like you can't. Uh, LeBron James works like you're saying, Dan. When someone is playing off of him, not mm-hmm. so much when he is forced to pretend that a cartoon rabbit is talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> like and so that he's <laughs> not. Is, that's not his forte. Which is again, it's far, okay. He's the best basketball thing. player in the world. It's very <laughs> difficult. Yeah, exactly. You know, it is hard to pretend like like that. That also punches up how like how good a job Don Cheadle is doing because you know that he just stood oh. in a green room for months mm-hmm. on end yeah. Yeah. doing and, all well, of this shit. And I think it comes as no surprise to anybody that Don Cheadle is an amazing actor and LeBron <laughs> yes. James yeah. is a great basketball player with a certain <laughs> yeah. level of charisma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you. I don't know about you guys. I, d- I certainly was rooting for Don Cheadle most of the movie because he's yeah. like, you can feel like he's the only character He's the only character in the movie where I was like, he genuinely wants this. This yeah, is yeah. The, bring, he, like, I believe him, you know. Bring him into the real world. He seems great. Yeah. yeah and I think, to do that playing a character who is not a character, but a, again, like the idea of an abstract program in a computer that chooses what <laughs> shit you're going to watch next on the WB streaming platform, you know. I think there's an interview with Tilda Swinton about Trainwreck where she's being interviewed about how she got into character because she plays this like, uh, she plays like a magazine executive and she is dressed up. It's almost, it feels like a fucking Halloween costume for her because she's like dressed up like like a high fashion, like magazine editor and with like a spray tan and all this shit. And her response to the questions was like, she's like, yeah, I, you can just go out and buy the, these things. Like she was so like flabbergasted as that. Like, she's like, yeah, anyone could look like this. It's easy. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, okay. Till this till this one, I, I, I love for her, for her, uh, the, like, if tomorrow the, the newspaper is just like Tilda Swinton gets into spaceship, flies off, returns to home planet, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, buy it. She's great. She, she's yeah. generally one of those people who seems to like come from just comes from another dimension, you know, yeah. which is nice. Okay, so uh, due to the machinations of algae, uh, LeBron and his uh, LeBron and his son and his agent go to the Warner Brothers studio to get pitched on uh, the idea of inserting a cartoon LeBron into basically every single Warner Brothers movie or property. And he is pitched by Steven Yuen and, uh, and Sarah Silverman, uh, who have this one scene and, you know, they make the most out of it, I it's guess. It's an amazing, it's an amazing waste of talent to, yes, <laughs> to have yeah, the two of them playing enormous. these roles. And yeah, if enormous. ever, if ever you should have brought in, this is the time to bring in like two improv people and then you shoot them for seven hours just throwing out wild lines that you can choose to cut into it. Like, they, like you don't need people as good or as well known as, as these two to be playing yeah, these parts. Yeah. But hey, they got paid for it. Why not? Yeah, Go for it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
This uh, LeBron turns them down. He thinks it's a bad fit. He makes jokes about the idea of a athlete uh, having to act is always bad. Uh, a little, a little wink at the audience. That's mm -hmm. us. Um, well, especially because then, what we've just seen is a trailer inside this movie for the rest of the movie, which is a strange. Yeah. It's strange for the movie to introduce its premise, which is we're going to insert LeBron James into the Warner Brothers catalog and have LeBron James say, "No, that's a dumb idea. Let's like, do it. That's shitty, the movie." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would watch like, that garbage? Only idiots is what I think. The, said. <laughs> yeah. At the at the beginning at the beginning of The Godfather, someone says to Don Corleone, "They go, do you want to go see this movie about this mob family?" He goes, "That sounds stupid. Who would want to watch a dumb thing like that? Morons." Only slack jawed morons would <laughs> sit in a theater or at home watching HBO Max to see this garbage. Hey, yep. Sam Neill, do you want to do you want to watch a movie about a theme park where dinosaurs go, go are real and they go crazy? That sounds boring. No. Anyway, let's get on this helicopter and go to Isla Dinosaura and find out. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this uh, LeBron James turning him down and insulting him drives Algy Rhythm to take uh, desperate action, and he uh, tricks uh, Dom and LeBron into visiting the server room where they are then zapped into the Warner Brothers server verse. So they are, have now entered, uh, they have entered virtual reality. Mm -hmm. Their bodies have gone with them. Everything about <laughs> yes. them is now in... Uh, is in this computerized server thing. So, yeah. so much like the much like the teleportation in the book Rogue Moon by Aldous Budras, their original bodies, their original souls have been destroyed as oh, they yeah. are copied bit by bit into a yeah. digital form, which will again later be transferred back into a physical form. But the originals are dead. They you, mm -hmm. they have been copied. But you have to assume mm -hmm, yeah. that their lives have ended. They are now in a heaven, and these are duplicates of them running around. Yeah. The movie does not address yeah, if you this. believe in a heaven. Yeah. Watching yeah. Le LeBron Beta at this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, at this point, of course, you're like, is this the end of LeBron James? And of course, no, this is not the end because death is just another path along our mm. journey that the dull gray curtain of this world is pulled back and you see green shores. Silver, uh, silver, silver bells. Well, I don't know. Yeah, sure. exactly. exactly. <laughs> Some other shit that Gandalf said. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yellow so, stars, um, rainbows, yep. purple moons, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Uh -huh. uh, what th color green clovers. Yeah, that, uh, horseshoes are probably slate gray. <laughs> horseshoe gray. <laughs> horseshoe gray horseshoes. What if they were like so, they were like moon blue moons, horseshoe gray horseshoes, star <laughs> yellow stars. Again. Wait, back up, back up, Luca. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, little lucky. No, uh, and, of course, LeBron has to, I guess, uh -huh, play basketball yep, against on. Osiris or something. Is that what happens now? Mm -hmm, yep. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so this is when I wrote my notes. I don't think we're going to space. Oh. Now, don't don't try and correct me and say <laughs> cyberspace is the same shit, because it ain't. It is not. Yeah. Um, so you're saying the title okay. has the, the title already has failed on the space aspect of it. Yes. What if it it's doesn't like provide the requisite jam? The words well, we're space have jam out. have no meaning. Yeah, I see what, do, as, why do I trust this movie now? <laughs> I see Stuart as one of the kids in The Simpsons going, we're going to go see an R-rated movie, Naked Lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Naked Lunch. And they yep. walk out and he goes, I can think of two things wrong with that title. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so um, Al kidnaps Oh, no, wait, I got Don my jokes mixed up. I'm sorry, guys. I got my jokes mixed up. Barton they walk Fink. Out of Na Barton Fink. They walk out of Naked Lunch and say two things wrong with the title. It's Barton Fink that they're excited about going yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Al kidnaps Dom and forces uh, LeBron to play in a basketball game with him. And the stakes are, I guess, if LeBron wins, he gets to leave and he gets his son back. And if yes. he loses the basketball game, what happens? They stay in the serververse forever. 
Okay. And that's it. And also, they're doing it in front of all I mean, that's pretty LeBron. fucked up. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's doing, they're doing it in front of all of LeBron's Instagram followers. So also, he loses a lot of face. Right. Yeah. And uh, this is the point. I mean, Audrey pointed out pretty early that there's a key flaw in uh, the algae rhythms uh, plan, which is mm, that I haven't is, noticed it. Tell me, tell me, say what it is. He has put he has put LeBron's child uh, as a key part in the uh, uh, the opposition to LeBron, mm-hmm. and so all LeBron has to do at any point is to uh, win back his own son to his side. Uh, to remove that sort of lodestone in algae rhythms plot, which uh, he takes a really long time to do, but does do eventually. So, but the thing is, Dan, I think you're forgetting an important part of Dom Paul is style points. And mm. I feel like he, that algae rhythm is trying to get style points on this victory. He's oh, not see. just yeah. trying to win. He's yeah. trying to stunt on LeBron James. That's yeah. true. He wants um, to crush him by stealing his son. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Honestly, if so, someone stole my son, it would crush me. I love uh-huh. it's it's a realistic fear that someone's going to uh-huh. come along and either if, just pick up my son and run away. Algorithm is going to take your son, yeah, or that if algorithm your son will was taken into to apocalypse hang. and turned into uh, wait, what's he turned into? Like an escape artist? I don't I don't read. Wait, what you talking about? Cyclops's son? I would to or apocalypse. Cableson. The, isn't what? that the planet that fucking Dark Side's from? Oh well, we were talking about different. I think that Apocalypse, the X Men villain, because he stole Cyclops' son, turned him into Cable. But yeah, What's yeah. up with all this stealing sons? <laughs> with Apocalypse and New Genesis, that wasn't a steal; that was a trade. The Pact, it's called. That the war between New Genesis and Apocalypse would end because High Father and Dark Side had I can't exchanged I put sons. Put a fucking nickel in him over here. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Free, the son of High Father, would be raised by yeah, Dark Side, or rather, yeah, raised in the school yeah. of torture under Granny Goodness. Uh-huh. Uh, well, yeah. whereas Orion, the son of Dark Side. Uh-huh. Uh, would be yeah. raised by High Father, always okay. fighting yeah. the anger inside of him, which he doesn't know is there yeah. because yeah, yeah. of the evil sure. seed of Darkseid. Now, this would mm-hmm. have to be a secret pact. Only the two rulers would know. If the okay, sons yeah. ever found out, it would undo the fragile peace between mm-hmm. the war-torn industrial like world of Baba Apocalypse Hotep. and the peaceful, bucolic world of New Genesis. And so uh-huh. yeah. the stage is set for New Gods number one. We begin okay. on New Genesis. So <laughs> let's let's get to we'll get to it after Space Jam. Okay. We have a different new thing that's a new legacy of Space Jam. So LeBron is uh, he needs to recruit a team of basketball players. He's got a limited amount of time. At some point, we see a clock. I think. And, yeah, there's a uh, countdown at, clock to the game, which they forget about for long periods of time. Al is like, I'm going to give him the rejects to choose from. So he opens up a portal, and Ron, uh, LeBron James gets sucked into kind of like outer space. Where he uh, flies wait a minute. Past- Hold on a second. He's, he's falling through space, and it's filled with planets. Stuart, I think he did go to space. I get you might be right, and that space is, is populated by planets, and each planet, each world is populated by different Warner Brothers properties. So he flies past like Harry Potter planet. He flies mm-hmm. past like Casablanca planet. There's a Casablanca uh, planet. He flies past Wizard of Oz planet. And that took me for a moment because I was like, that's an MGM movie. But at some point, Ted Turner bought the MGM library. So Warner <laughs> owns it now. So it's oh, like, so it's, it's the, the same IP way that you acquired as well as, you know, yeah. the stuff you had. A- it's the same way that Jack Kirby is now a Disney legend, despite having never worked for Disney because Disney yeah. did buy his characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, he finally lands on the the reject planet that is Toon World, uh, not Cool he, World, which is the reject cool, Toon World, which is which is <laughs> yeah. Do, do not go there. Uh, no. And he uh, so he lands and is well, immediately you can go turned there. Into, just don't have sex with a doodle if you're annoyed. But 
Wait a minute. <laughs> now you're putting kind of rules on me? I mean, well, I, I don't know, know how I'm going like to feel when I get to Cool World. <laughs> it's yeah, not Dan, the coolest world it could be. Dan, to get, tell me one thing that might go wrong if I have sex with a doodle. Uh, well, ultimately, I guess not much. I, guess, I think you, like, turn back and forth between being real and a tune for a while. And then, yeah, I mean, like, it didn't work out. I mean, the barrier between the tune world and the... terrible about the HIV epidemic? What do you think? <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. It doesn't yeah. end up. It doesn't end up great for Gabriel Byrne. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cool music though, and like Sounds a like bunch a lot of, of like movies. foxes <laughs> uh, with like bug eyes are like bouncing around the corner. Uh, though. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, sure. Just okay. look at look at all the movies Gabriel Byrne's in. Yeah. Right, he's he and Sean Bean. They always get the short end of the stick. They, they very rarely fire. end up with a happy ending. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, so he lands on Toon World. He is turned into a tune by this. And we get the first of many inflatable uh, tune jokes, which is great, you know, if if you're into that. Um, <laughs> uh, he gets uh, terrori- terrorized by the one occupant of Toon World, that is Bugs Bunny. Uh, and, yep. Sorry, I gotta I gotta talk about how Bugs terrorizes LeBron because this is this was like classic just Bugs. like kicking it off with me being like mad about the way the character is being used. Because now you mean mad about in the mad about you way where you loved it? Uh, no, mm-hmm. I. Because I mean, like, I can't remember the exact like Chuck Jones quote, but the the whole rule with Bugs Bunny is like, Bugs Bunny is going to mess with you once you mess with Bugs Bunny, like Bugs Bunny, like that is what keeps you sympathizing with Bugs uh, in the in the cartoons. Like Bugs is not a a Daffy who might just harass you for no reason but like lebron shows up and bugs is immediately like chasing him around with like a cartoon steamroller stuff like that what did he do to to irk this mad trickster god and they they i would i'll i'm gonna chime in and say i won't go on it like i felt the same way that the the bugs bunny here he's not visually off model but he's very personality wise off model he is he is very much just kind of like a fuck things up for fuck things up sake type of character. But also once the other tunes come in, he's presented as like a screw up, like a guy who's a screw up and is always messing things up and can't get things right. Whereas like the Bugs Bunny I grew up with, again, it's okay to have a different Bugs Bunny. The Bugs Bunny I grew up with was the coolest guy in the world. And what would happen is he would be enjoying himself. Someone would come in and try to kill him and he would throw, you know, he'd throw anvils at them for a while. But each time he would like, Mm -hmm. even if he was, Overpowered they at do some with point. Panache. He never seemed like yeah, exactly. Panache. He never. He was never like a guy who was seemed to struggle to get his the respect of his friends, which is very much what like that. Or would pine after Lola Bunny, and she'd be like, "It's it's not happening, Bugs." Like that. It's a very weird shade to to paint yeah. onto Bugs Bunny. You know. <laughs> I and, don't. I don't know that Bugs Bunny, as much as I love him, can handle the psychological depth of being a guy who has had failures in his past that he has to atone for. And that's I mean, the thing, like, the, it, we're introduced to him, and he immediately explains that Toon World used to be populated by all his friends, and then Algae Rhythm showed up and offered offered them the world, offered them count, uh, worlds uncounted. Countless and worlds, all the, yeah. And all the, all the tunes left, leaving him all alone. And I was like, my reaction to this, honestly, was like, Bugs, you could have left too. Like, why are you acting like you're the victim here? Because someone came... Offered your friends great stuff. Your friends like, I'm gonna take this great stuff. Like you could have gone, uh, but also across the board. Just let's just say from the start, all of the Looney Tunes have gone through a process of at least sort of seventy to eighty percent blandening. 
Yes, um, they have very little personality. Uh, Dan, I think uh, you might be taking issue with the fact that Bugs Money is being crafted as kind of a tune fundamentalist who believes there's only one proper way to be a tune and does not approve of any other way of life. Or like mm-hmm. a like a tune incel where he's like blaming the world for yeah. uh, his yeah, loneliness. Yeah, when he could, he all he could reach out. But you're right; they like the characters don't have a lot of personality. Daffy has some because it's impossible to remove Daffy. Daffy's, yeah. if anything, probably got the strongest personality of any Looney Tunes character. But mm-hmm. certainly, like the other characters, each get kind of like a line or two to to present themselves. And like Yosemite Sam is not particularly angry at any point. Elmer Fudd's not particularly dumb. Like I mean, yeah. Granny's all about the fucking Matrix, dude. Just <laughs> yeah, like, like, like the old Granny. Boy, old oh Granny knew and loved. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I mean, so, and I'm like, where are all my favorite characters? Where's Beaky Buzzard? I don't understand. Uh, where so, are Hubie and Birdie? Is, uh, <laughs> wait, is Mark is Mark Anthony and Pussyfoot? Are they Looney Tunes characters? Yeah, they are. Where the yeah, fuck they are they? Are. I love them. Yeah, yeah come on. Where's the sheepdog and the and the and the uh, coyote that are always fighting each other? You know, give me the really small kangaroo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, hippity hopper. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, where's that Le- little elephant that people see in, in in that one where they all think they're drunk? <laughs> so in LeBron's quest, <laughs> the where's the bears. dodo from Wacky Land? Where, where are the three Sorry. bears? What's going on? Bugs. Sees where's that an super racist black kid that's in that one cartoon that Warner Brothers does not show anymore? It's a Bugs Bunny <laughs> cartoon. Don't look it up. I'm pretty sure I know where that kid is. <laughs> where he he is locked in the Warner Brothers vault. That's the part of the server verse that even Don Cheadle is like, "Don't let it open. Don't let it out." Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Stuart. What are you, what are you trying to? No, do? I'm. I'm just saying that in LeBron James' quest, Bug sees an opportunity to bring all his friends together. They're going to do yeah. this thing. That's so, right. It's course- another getting the band back together kids movie where the movie is playing off of a kid's non-existent nostalgia for characters created before they were born. We saw it in Country are Bears. You- we saw it in the Muppets. You know. Are you saying that there's references that are probably not appropriate for children in this movie? Because there's a few later on. Uh, um, consi- okay. yeah, I, I would say the Fury Road sequence is uh, is <laughs> one that children right. will be baffled and probably frightened by. Sure, yeah. Um, okay, so Bugs and LeBron steal Marvin the Martian spaceship. Gotta say, I've always been a big fan of Marvin the Martian, and it's good to see him for a little bit, I guess. Mm. So uh, no, you don't, you don't. I mean, yeah, he's barely yeah. in it. I he mean, was considering- like, He was the main bad guy in the original, right? Well, yeah. he was the main bad guy in the commercial that it was all based on. Oh, okay. Space Jam, the original movie, it was he was a different bad guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was an original character. Oh, okay. So they got a LeBron ha- starts coming up with a list of, and at this point, once again, LeBron is still an animated character. He starts coming up using a whiteboard, coming up with all the Warner Brothers property characters that they could put together to make a basketball team: Superman, Batman, King Kong. Uh, Trinity from the Matrix, uh, et cetera. Clute, all of them. Clute, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, just to sort of make a larger point about what's going to happen next, like, they try and get all these people, but, like, the the Looney Tunes have gone to all these planets, and they end up just, like, grabbing the Looney Tunes, and they make, like, kind of a stab, at least in World 1, about, like, why, like, they can't get Superman, but they get Daffy and Porky there. But, Mm -hmm. like... It, it, it's never quite clear to me, like, why they don't get any of these people that would actually be good teammates to help, you know, like... Bugs is sabotaging. I, it's a, I guess that's it's what Bugs, we're supposed to... Because Bugs is sabotaging, Dan, yeah. I suppo- we're supposed to take that away, but is like, you have to really read between the lines. LeBron James, the greatest basketball player of all time and the hero of the movie, is too weak to stand up to the arguments of yeah. a cartoon rabbit who does yeah. not, instead of bringing in Superman, wants to bring in his friend a duck. I mean, I feel like that's kind of Bugs Bunny's whole thing. Like, no matter how strong or powerful you are, he can trick you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. So, 
LeBron James said, Superman. Bugs said, Daffy. LeBron, Superman. Bugs, Daffy. Bugs. Superman, LeBron, Daffy. And Bugs goes, okay, if you want Daffy, we can have Daffy. Just pulled his old trick on him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so they visit a number of different worlds that are uh, Warner Brothers properties. We get the DC world that is kind of like the like the the animated like Batman animated series style. Looks like animation. the Justice League Unlimited type DC yes. world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they go to the world of Mad Max, which looks like just backup footage of uh, Fury Road. Yeah, let's let's slow down here for a second. When you say the world of Mad Max, this is these are shots from the movie Mad Max, like actual Fury shots Road. from Fury Road. Uh-huh, yep. And that they have like rotoscoped in Looney Tunes in different places over the footage of Fury Road, and like like a movie that had only been sort of like mildly irritating to me before this suddenly became infuriating because I was just thinking about like if I were George Miller and I saw this bullshit being pulled, like I would really like start having fantasies about going in and like 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 secretly burning down Warner Brothers buildings or something because like this is. I don't know. It's just like you're taking your not technically movie a threat, anybody and like drawing all over my good movie. <laughs> you say he would do it if, if he was George Miller, which he's not. So I am not going to do that legally. No. Dan, cannot. I'm going to I'm going to be the most devilish of advocates, and okay. I'm going to say two things. One, yeah, George Miller made the exact movie he wanted to make, got it released, was nominated for a lot of awards, made made money off yeah. it. It came out, people loved it. I would say if I was a WB exec. We gave you the money to at least distribute this movie. It's a small price to pay that we're going to use a little. That we're going to def, we're going to dis, uh, de, deface a little bit of it by throwing Wiley e. Coyote in there. Number two, I would say. I'm not saying they don't have the right to do. No, no, it and I say number. I just, so for George Miller to be mad, it's like you want to make this movie or you don't want to make this movie. Number two, yeah. and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna undo my own argument. Number two, if I was, I kept saying to my wife, if I was writing this movie and they said you can use any Warner Brothers property. I would also go hog wild throwing Warner Brothers stuff into this movie. Every I'd have the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. I'd have James Cagney as a gangster. Again, this this is stuff that is glaring by its omission because that was Warner Brothers' bread and butter for a decade. But like, yeah. I would have the dancers from the Gold Diggers of 1933. I'd throw all mm-hmm. my favorite stuff in. So I, I'm so gonna, I understand. I'm gonna zip. I'm gonna zip well, through I'm gonna what say, we I'm, do get. Okay. Well, I, I understand the temptation, but on the other hand, it is pretty dumb. And it's also like it is weird in a kid's movie to introduce them to the idea of a movie that they've never seen. They don't know it. Yeah. Uh, and they do a ham-handed thing with it. Stuart, tell us who else we yeah, see. Yeah, so what we get, we get uh, we get a whole bunch of child-appropriate material. We get um, the Mad Max world. We get like a Casablanca world. We get a Game of Thrones world. We get Rick and Morty. We get, we get Austin Matrix. Powers. We get Awesome Powers. And then we get Wonder Woman. All these things, like none of those are below PG-13, right? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, Casablanca would be a probably a PG movie now just because by the standards yeah. of the MPAA, there's no swearing or nudity in it. You know, there's so, gunshots. Yeah, yeah. Probably a bunch but, of kids. Really selling me on Casablanca. But I also say the way that they, the way they do it, it all is so – well, the thing is like when I was a kid – I knew of Casablanca because it was referenced yeah. so heavily in other – like I knew the the general idea of play it Sam you know, or play it again – you know, the, the misquoted phrase of play it again Sam. But uh-huh. like the idea of throwing in stuff like – I don't know, throwing in stuff like Fury Road. You, you guys know, Flophouse listeners know. I'm not a big fan of kids' movie jokes that rely on knowledge of adult things. But also the jokes are so non-existent. Foghorn Leghorn is riding a dragon with blonde hair and he goes, I'll say, I'll say winter is coming. And it's like that's not a fucking joke. It's not a joke. joke. Like that's that is a do that's better, like an epic, 
well, yeah, well, it's like an epic movie level or not, or like reference as a joke, you know, and the audience yeah. will be like, mm-hmm. I never thought I'd see Foghorn Leghorn riding a dragon. Also, who's no, Foghorn Leghorn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a, but I was also confused by the fact that there's two different Wonder Woman worlds, which is str- like Wonder yeah. Woman's in the DC universe, but she has her own world too. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Wonder Woman world because they sure. pick up Lola Bunny there and there is, you know, Lola Bunny, uh, a character invented for Here we go again. the original Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, and Dan is not happy about it. There's only uh, he, Dan's like, there's only one woman in the Looney Tunes world and that's Granny. Thank you very well, much. Well, I mean, notoriously like... Or Bugs dressed as a woman. O- over-sexualized. Like mm-hmm. the only thing about Lola Bunny and the original Space Jam was like, we're putting a sexy uh, lady bunny in here and she's going to be sexy, sexy. And all the tunes are going to be like, Ooh, look at that hot, sexy lady bunny. And that was the only personality that the, 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 the female bunny got. But Dan, they're right? just trying to balance out the obvious physical sex appeal of Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Yosemite, uh, Sam, Elmer, yeah, Fett, yeah. you know, sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Uh, but this movie, obviously like, okay, great. You know, we're, Trying to live in a more enlightened time. Let's not over-sexualize this bunny woman that we've put in our basketball tune movie. And so we're like, okay, let's take away the fact that she's uh, a, a sex pot and not replace it with a character. Like, it, it, like the fact that she's introduced on, like, Wonder Woman... Um, I uh, like Themyscira, like doing like the Wonder Woman, uh, you know, obstacle course or whatever. Like that is like the nod to like, see, we made her a strong female, and now she's gonna be in the background of the rest of the movie and have like four or five lines. <laughs> she's very much the she's the she's the female character in a movie who is coded as competent and serious, and that also means yeah. she is boring and not likable and mainly scolds the other characters like see we didn't make we made her yeah we made her a strong woman that's why she's that's why she mostly tells the other players what they're doing wrong yeah anyway uh, it's disappointing anyway so what you're saying is would have been better if we had that hot cha cha sex bunny bunny <laughs> yeah that's who just, who's, where all the characters <laughs> yep. are just just they're going boy oh huh I what was, uh-huh, yeah. and she I like distracts the yeah, she distracts the opposite team by bending over to pick up the ball, showing mm-hmm. her they, visible thong above her basketball yeah, shorts. Why sure. would she wear that while yep. playing? How does that she fit not, it over her tail? That I was me. Other teams too busy jizzing all over the place. Tweeting, <laughs> on the, <laughs> tweeting on the internet, what did you do with my sexy sexy Lola? That was, you want yeah, that shower uh-huh. scene between sexy Lola Bunny and Granny where they, you know, right it's just the two of them the, alone. What is it, the New York Times film reviews? Uh, no, no, it's uh, no, the New, New Yorker. Yorker. New Yorker. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Lane is like, this, this animated children's movie doesn't give me a boner. F minus. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Okay, uh, so meanwhile, Algy is tricking Dom into helping him out by being like just a super supportive friend or father figure. Like he's helping him out. And Dom starts explaining his uh, his video game Dom Ball, which then uh, he, he kind of, uh, Algy kind of steals uh, Dom's phone, hands it to his uh, servant, uh, Pete, who then plugs himself into a USB port and then like has an orgasm. It's pretty weird. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, then we get a training montage. Uh, that's where the tunes are trying to learn how to play basketball. Um, and they're, you know, they're doing all their normal shenanigans, uh, dropping anvils and stuff on each other. And LeBron's like, no, I don't like this. We need to play more traditional basketball. I'm going to teach you. And you got to stop being loony. That's where Bugs does make the joke. He's like, oh, you're that kind of king. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, focus on the fundamentals. None, none of this hot dog and anvil dropping. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So the evil plan is to beat LeBron at a game. They're going, they're not playing basketball. Algie surprise them. They're going to be playing Dom ball and he upgrades, uh, uh, Dom into being, uh, well, the captain of the team. And he makes all of his stats super high. So yeah, he, he can like do everything. Sliders to 100%. Puts what all the sliders up. This where you can put everything to the top level. That seems Dom unfair. ball, Dan, it's Dom ball. If your yeah. name is in the title of the game, you're going to get special. Treatment. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then he also uh, takes scans of various famous basketball players and turns them into anamorphs. That's and that and he turns them all into his special team of uh, ringers called the Goon Squad, who we'll see more of later. Now I have a question: Are they really anamorphs? Since they're kind of they don't turn fully into animals; they're just kind of like animal human. You know, hybrid mashup. hybrids. They're no, like a... I was just trying to to talk about anamorphs for a second. Oh, but... Okay. I know you love Animorphs. You like <laughs> they really speak to you on a deep level, which is something I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's great. It's great, Stuart, that you found uh, you found the fictional universe that works for you. Again, I just mm-hmm. feel like we don't want to classify them improperly as Animorphs. Have an Animorph fan watch the movie and be like, "They got That's all this true. Warner Brothers IP in here. I bet they got the Animorphs in there too." Sorry, yeah. they're not actually yeah. Animorphs. No. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't want to mislead people. Um, yeah. So Algae uh, shows up at the Toons training facility on Toon World. Um, and he turns all the tunes and LeBron into photorealistic uh, things. Oh, uh, so we, so at this point, we're like, these aren't your daddy's tunes. Anymore. Yeah, can, can we just take a moment? I'm sorry. I, no, I, please I, interrupt me. Well, <laughs> I cannot tell whether that's ironic or not anymore. But, Why does he have to choose? It could be both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't like these. The way these tunes look once they're CGI, I. I'm sure there would be a way to Wait, do this. Wait, there's CGI? I thought they were practical, Dan. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, the weird thing puppets. is they look <laughs> like Meet the Feebles. They look real <laughs> in the it, they look real in the wrong way. Like like Bugs looks like a moving like a living like sort of stuffed animal, and and Porky has like sort of the waxy skin of a, 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 a Madame Tussauds sculpture. Like these are not creatures that were meant to be in in three dimensions they were Dan, designed let me just as ask 2D you, things let me just ask you when you're watching the the hunter trilogy or uh or what's what? opera doc or fast and uh-huh. furious or duck amuck don't lie to me you've been thinking this would be so much funnier if they had photorealistic hair and feathers <laughs> yeah i, I well, I'm, only- i'd be laughing more if i could see every whisker <laughs> waving in the wind individually I am saying, yeah, I do not think they were reconceptualized for 3D in a way that makes them look, say, not unpleasant. Yeah, They're, it's very it's very first first CGI Sonic yeah. on this rather than second CGI Sonic, which is still fairly unpleasant. But yeah, I mean to to paraphrase Doctor Ian Malcolm, they were so concerned with if they could do it. They didn't stop and think if they should do it. Yeah, and I think I think uh, according to all three of us, they shouldn't have. Yeah. No, I mean uh, it. It is rare that I will say this, but watching Space Jam: New Legacy really made me revisit and be happy about the creative choices made in the Tom and Jerry movie, where <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job of animating those characters. They interacted with a photo in it with the photorealistic world without turning them into photorealistic animals. You know, mm. and I wish they'd yeah, done I guess that here. This is our big this is our big apology tour right now for Tom and Jerry. You're right. It um, turns okay. out that was a great movie. Sorry to everyone who watched it as a kid and is now a grown up a year <laughs> later. And he's like, actually it was really great. 
Yeah. So uh, now you can't have a basketball game and not have an audience. So algae summons. <laughs> I mean, the Olympics every are proving single... that you can. But continue. Yeah, I'll go with the premise. Yeah. <laughs> really? I haven't watched any of it. What's happening, Elliot? Uh, it's just like the regular Olympics, but there's no audience. Oh, okay. Uh, so all the all the characters from every Warner Brothers property all come mar- uh, charging over the hill. You see all of your favorites. Dan, you see Jabberjaw. Mm-hmm. You see uh, uh, Iron Giant. You see, of course, you see Iron Giant. Redding no Blair shit. One, the other yep. <laughs> shitty movie that put it's- all. As they should have taken the Iron Giant out because all I could think about was Ready Player One. But like Space yeah. Ghost is there, but then they've got some the odd choices. The Gremlins run by. And, the Gremlins uh, run by. I was uh, very angry because it made me think of how much I love the Gremlins. I mean, it's weirder that Baby Jane is in the background from whatever mm-hmm. happened to Baby Jane. That's that, true. Like, that they, in this kids movie, you have like Pennywise watching a basketball game and yep. the mask. And, and I'll tell you the, this. The Droogs from Clockwork Orange. They're that was the, I was reading. I was reading. I think the fa- I think the fairest thing about this movie that I've read is in on the Wikipedia entry. It talked about how there was going to be a Pepe Le Pew scene, and that was cut. But then some people thought it was that was were, were confused why Pepe Le Pew scene was cut. But the Droogs who rape someone in their movie <laughs> yes. are very visible in the audience throughout the yes. almost the entire basketball game. They're, like, yeah, they're like front row. Like even <laughs> if you're gonna put them in, like why would you make that choice? Like, <laughs> but it's we gotta. I, highlight a clockwork orange for all the viewers. <laughs> we should make it clear that these are not these are not characters from these are not shots from the movies that have been repurposed like earlier. These are very yes. much the Halloween costume package <laughs> theme park versions of these characters. Yes. That's what's crazy is it feels like they didn't have the intellectual property to use these characters so <laughs> yeah. they use slightly different ones. Yeah, they're yeah, like, the, like this those... isn't Mr. Freeze, this is Mr. Froze. How can you cuz how can you sue us? Come on. Yeah. Ice Cube villain. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Pennywise, this is Nickeldom. Come on, he's he's not but it's, this is, it is uh, I'll, I'll, uh, this is mechanical citrus fruit. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that we're using this as like a backdoor pitch to have us write the names for those like spirit Halloween costumes. <laughs> I mean, if they want to hire us, I'd be happy to do it. That Italian great. Plumbing Brothers. <laughs> this is not Batman. It's Night Rodent Hero. Come on, yep. this is. But it, it. I will say this is a. Uh, it's fairly quickly that, Large and I never thought. Man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, that the novelty of watching Mr. Freeze, Baby Jane, Pennywise the Mask, and a flying monkey from The Wizard of Oz watching a basketball j- game and enjoying it like crazy, the novelty of that wears off pretty quickly. And yeah. you get the, no matter what's happening in the game, the characters in the audience are so constantly jumping up and down, excited in their seats. And you know that they just brought random people, like random extra performers, so I assume audition for these roles. They they brought them in, dressed them in the cheapest, like, uh, uh, White Walker costumes that you could find and told them, okay, jump around and pump your fists in the air for three hours straight. We're just going to roll on it. We're going to use so, these Elliot, shots. You, you guys are both you guys are both more Hollywood types, so you can explain the movie magic uh-huh. to me. So you're sure, saying sure. they didn't show them a basketball game with photorealistic <laughs> tunes versus a goon squad to no. get them pumped up. No, somewhere there is there are there is a there are files with thousands of hours of footage of people uh, okay, okay, okay. in against a green screen dressed in terrible rip knockoff costumes, just pretending that they're super excited about alone what or in small clumps to be composited. Yes, somebody there's somebody had to get dressed up in a poor replica of Danny DeVito's makeup from Batman Returns, yes. so that he could jump around and pump his fist in the air, yelling ad libbed things about basketball, uh, so that they could then get inserted. Oh, uh, so great. 
Man, so they zoom, get inserted like, next to as mentioned one of the nuns from the devils. What? Yes. <laughs> with with zoom backgrounds being all the rage, I don't see why they didn't try and make money by selling that footage. But so let's oh, uh, let's should. get back to this. Let's get back to the the, the plot here. So uh, the best part, okay. the best is when the characters behind them do look like they're interacting with each other, and it's like Pennywise and and another character are like in an argument about something. You know, that's that's <laughs> that's the movie I wanted to see. You know. Uh, so, and now just these Warner Brothers characters, that's not enough of an audience for Al, at least. He starts, uh, sucking in people that are looking at their phone so that they are trapped in tune world. They are, you know, they're digitized. They look just like themselves and they are forced to watch the game. No one questions it. They just immediately go with the flow. Um, (laughs) we get, uh, we get a sports announcer who I'm not familiar with and Lil Rel, who's great. Um, and they are like, they're not officiating. They're like, uh, they're broadcasting the game. They're doing Uh, the play by play. But the rest of LeBron's family gets sucked in and they're watching it. They briefly try it with LeBron. He tries to explain what's going on. I think they figure it out. I don't know. Um, and then Al, uh, introduces his, but what, but we're, what we learn now is that large portions of the human race have now been digitized and (laughs) their lives are on the line. So this is, this is no joke. If they, if they, and if, yeah, if, if LeBron and the Toon Squad loses, then everybody has to stay in Algorithm's world. And I guess he's just going to exploit them as new IP, like just guess, random yeah. people are just going to have movies made about them. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I guess. I don't know what his plan Harry. is. Um, and, then, and then Al introduces his team of monsters or monsters called the Goon Squad. That they're are not the by... monsters. The monsters are the other team from the first movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, who can be seen uh, in their small form, I guess, every once yeah. in a while. But they're pre-transformation yeah. form. They're seen in the audience. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. So so the the first Space Jam movie would be in this universe, yes. right? Yes. So yeah. in theory, the opposing team could have – I mean, it would have been amazing if Michael Jordan from Space Jam was in the audience watching this, just going, yeah, 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 <laughs> high-fiving King Kong and, you know, sharing tacos with uh, – sharing nachos or, with Space Ghost. and Or know. tearing up while looking at an iPad. That's yeah. the yeah. Michael Jordan I know and love. The, okay, Michael, so. Michael, Michael, it's, Michael Jordan's in the audience just, just having a beer with Al Jolson from The Jazz Singer, just enjoying <laughs> this movie alongside all the other Warner Brothers properties. Oh, Here's no. the, I wanted we, to – a point I want to make that – I apologize, too. A point I want to make was if you've ever taken the Warner Brothers studio tour, it's a lot like this where at the start, a very bored Ellen DeGeneres who has clearly been green screened into the Warner Brothers studio lot, she's like – Let's take a look at some of the scenes from the Warner Brothers movies we've loved, and they're almost all movies from the past 15 years. It's like the Harry Potter movies and and like the other recent hits, and then you'll get mm-hmm. a shot from Casablanca, and it's like – it is amazing to me the cultural staying power of Casablanca, that that is a movie that is 80-some-odd years old, and it is the only one from pre-1995 that – Warner Brothers seems to highlight it all, really. And this is a studio that's over 100 years old. Like, they have over 100 years of movies to point to. And yet, uh, people's cultural memory goes back to just Casablanca and everything that they saw recently. And so, and so this movie is like that. Like, there's not a lot of Warner Brothers characters pre-The Matrix, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, except for for some reason. I guess if they hadn't made that feud show, then then Baby Jane wouldn't be showing up in the background <laughs> either. But I don't know. Oh, it's so funny. The uh, okay, so uh, he introduces his team of uh, the Goon Squad, led by LeBron's son Dom. Uh, he has been, I guess, like kind Could've of called like, them the Dom Patrol. That's another I've, Warner Brothers IP. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's he's like kind of brainwashed at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, mm. LeBron makes such a short 
attempt at being like, Dom, uh, hey, you, the, he's pitting you against us. This is not good. And then he like goes back to his wife, Dom's mother, like, like I don't know. I don't know what I can do. I'm like, you, you, you like tried for like 30 seconds you didn't even explain the stakes that like hey he's gonna trap all these people in here if i don't win this game like i, I feel I like I, she would be rooting for her son over lebron i don't know why interesting i interesting. mean it's it's every it's every mother's dream to see their husband defeated by their son because <laughs> half of the son is them and so it's yeah, like oh, you see. this person who is not who's 100 not me has been defeated by someone who is at least 50 percent me like yeah. that's how you win the battle oh, of parenthood i get it that's mm -hmm. the but math I, of parenthood Parenthood. I think he's not brainwashed so much as like he's genuinely mad at his dad and yeah. and Don Cheadle is taking advantage of that. And as someone who has been mad at his dad at various points, I know neither of you guys have ever had issues with your fathers. Uh, it's, the, it's like I, I totally get it that at a certain point you're like, I want to do the thing that my dad does best, that he's most famous for, and I'm going to do it mm -hmm. in my way in a way that he loses to me because uh – -huh. You know, that's also you know, according to Freud, that's the yeah, that's the basis of all son psychology. And then he's just going to carry off his mom to the to the marital chamber and say, mm -hmm. I, "I claim yeah. my prize now. Now I'm okay, the father in the family." Let's yeah. not yeah. walk further down that. That's path. not featured in the movie, just to be clear. <laughs> no, so just uh, you know, that's not a scene in the film. So the game begins. People all over the world are watching it on LeBron's Instagram. Uh, the goon squad immediately takes a lead. They start scoring astronomical amount of points because, once again, this is not basketball. They're playing Dom ball, and there's style points, and there's all different kinds of yeah. uh, ways to score points. By so the they half, get, they're up by 1,000 points. They're up by 1,000 points. And the, the tunes are kind of following directions from LeBron, who, again, is uh, is – wants them to focus on playing uh, normal basketball following the fundamentals. But as I've addressed, one of the opposing players is like a spider woman. The other, yeah. it turns from water to fire Watch in an a instant. snake woman who has to be like traveling. She's like traveling all the time because she can't dribble. You know? It's true. Yep. There doesn't also doesn't appear to be a referee in the game, right? Yeah. Oh wait, I, I guess Pete is kind of the referee, but he cheats is, the whole time for the. He is the ref. Well, when the squad. when when the referee is the sidekick is the henchman of the owner of the opposing team. Yeah. It's an unfair mm -hmm. game. Yeah. It certainly takes uh, LeBron James though a long time to realize. Oh wait, we cannot win this game uh, by traditional basketball means. Like that does not appear to be the way to win this game. Set in his ways is the LeBron yeah. James mm -hmm. of this movie. Yeah. yeah, but Dan, that if that's 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 come on, they got him up a tree. They're throwing rocks at him. He's got to figure out how to get down from that yeah. tree. It's screenwriting one hundred and one. Fundamentals. Me, me, by the way, the the whole like like the last fifty minutes of this movie is the game, which I I honestly like can't complain too much about. Like I don't want them to like spend that much time getting to the game. Like the, this movie. Look, if you want a weird. <laughs> basketball game between tunes and monsters and stuff like that. The movie will deliver on that promise, but it also is like, wow, they really are doing like almost a full hour of this basketball game. Yeah, yeah It's, it's not what, it's not what I want from a movie, but if you're yeah. making a movie called space jam that involves LeBron James and the Looney Tunes, that this is what you're yeah. promising. And they unfortunately deliver in yeah. a sense. Uh, well, yeah, so it's a, looking grim. Yep. Are there no, no, any no, particular? We're not up to the scene. There's a scene that comes up soon where I made me genuinely angry, and but we haven't gotten to it yet. Okay, so by as we said, by the end of the half, the the goon squad is well in the lead. The tunes are losing, and they go to their locker room, kind of defeated. Uh, they have uh, they have a little bit of a halftime pep talk, which features a surprise appearance by Michael Jordan. Michael 
B. Jordan, who seems to have a little bit of fun, and then he bounces. He's out of there. <laughs> this is here, here's where they missed. Here's not to hit, not to uh, not to hit on the uh, keep beating the dead horse of the inherent racism of much of American pop culture. But uh, I wanted I wanted that they're like. Sylvester, how did you not know? Because Sylvester's like, I found Michael Jordan, and then Michael B. Jordan walks out. They're like, how did you not know they weren't the same people? And I wanted Sylvester to go, I'm racist. I don't <laughs> know. I can't tell them apart. I'm it a was racist. probably in the script, Elliot. Yeah, yeah they probably. just... Because they, if, they, if they shot bur- one if, take of that, and it just didn't test well. Because if so you're going to burn a it. Warner Brothers character by having them admit to being racist, why not Sylvester? Of all of them. Yeah. Does anyone like Sylvester? No. Especially he'll so, say racist with a lisp and, you know, everyone will laugh. Yeah. And, oh, that'll be yeah. hilarious. Again, yeah, they should have done it. It reminds me of, um, there's a lot of Looney Tunes characters that are not, that are beloved because of their association with the Looney Tunes. And I feel like he's one of them. And it reminded me mm-hmm. of uh, when they decided to cut Pepe Le Pew from the movie. There was an article that came out that was like, Warner Brothers announces no new Pepe Le Pew vehicles for the next year. And I was like, they could have run this article any point in my life. Like, there has never been a demand been a ever demand. Yeah. for a Pepe yeah. Le Pew vehicle. Like, yeah, why don't you that, – that, do not give Warner Brothers credit for any of that decision, you know? The uh, – so after <laughs> – Following Michael internal B- investigation, <laughs> Michigan J. Frog not given his own movie franchise. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> – So after Michael B. Jordan leaves, uh, LeBron seems to learn his lesson. He explains that the tunes can finally be loony again. He gives Bugs the play marker. Uh, He realizes that basketball should be fun. It shouldn't be work. Um, And he gives up a little bit of his control uh, to the tunes, and I think that's going to pay off in big dividends. Uh, It certainly pays off right away as Porky Pig gets into a rap battle. Yep, we uh, we learn the true meaning of style points as uh, almost immediately they get into a rap battle. Where why did that happen? Is when I I, I like blinked for half a second. Oh, I believe suddenly. Don Cheadle said something that rhymed, and it kind of indicated oh, that they okay. were entering uh, the rap battle world of the WB universe. And Porky Pig is is introduced in his new persona, the Notorious P.I.G., and he does a little mm-hmm. bit of rapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody everybody's loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, everybody's see, tapping their toes. <laughs> they they said the first a, movie is based on a commercial. This scene will be based on those T-shirts that were real popular for a while, where the bugs, where the Loonies characters were all wearing like oversized jerseys and lots of mm-hmm. rings and chains. Yeah. You see them a and lot. It's a very mild sort of like mid tempo basic rap, but everyone thinks it's the the, the best rap mm-hmm. they've ever heard. There's, well, so much so that there's no lot. response. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don Cheadle is silenced by Porky uh, Pig's rhymes. Yeah, yeah. He's so shocked that it happened. Um, the tunes are allowed to be loony. They get to use, and we get to see all of our favorite bits. You know, uh, Tweety Bird waiting for the train to arrive. Uh, Granny again does Matrix stuff. Uh, we're introduced. Uh, Dom is taken out of the game. Uh, they sideline him, which is a kind of weird choice. Uh, and they bring in a new uh, goon squad player, uh, Kronos, uh, who can uh, slow time down. Once again, doesn't seem like it's part of the rules, but no, it's and it's, not it's regular basketball. Every, it's because every movie now needs a scene where somebody's running around real fast and everyone else is slowed down Everybody so they're fu- able to like, manipulate things. It's just things. so fucking funny. It's so co- it's so fucking funny and like cool. Like it's just cool. Ellie, can like, I guess? Did we pass the thing that made you angry? And can I guess what it is? We guess what it is. I think we may have passed it. Guess what it is? Is it is is it the fact that uh, the coyote paints something on a wall and the Roadrunner runs into it? 
No, that is not it. I, I'm okay. touched that you think that that would make me mad. I did get a little irritated when Bugs Bunny pulled that on LeBron early on because I'm like, that's a yeah. Wiley Coyote Roadrunner joke. But mm-hmm. no, what I, you, you might you might feel a little bad when but the thing that made me mad was when LG is yelling at at Dom and LeBron uh-huh. is watching this and doing nothing. And I was like, fuck you! You do not deserve yeah. to be a father at that moment, LeBron. Wow. You're watching yeah. your son. Your son is being verbally abused by a computer program, and you're sitting and watching and doing nothing because your head's in this dumbass game. Step up and defend your son in front of this asshole dick. So that got me really mad. Again, Elliot, it might help you to know that the actor playing his son is not his actual son. No, but even in the fictional, even in the fictional, I know it wasn't really happening. Even in the (laughs) fictional world of this universe, the idea of being as, and maybe this is because I'm a dad, being a father and seeing an authority figure yelling at my son basically yeah. and telling him you suck you're not good at this you don't deserve to do this i would have to get up off my opposing bench and walk over and tell him to stop at the very least rather than being like oh well this is just motivating me to win this cartoon basketball game <laughs> yeah, yeah. it just made me so mad that lebron sat yeah. there and watched while that happened Ugh. anyway back to the cartoon basketball game so but so uh, Dan, it was the it was the genuine emotional reality of like having been okay. a kid Having been a kid who would get into arguments with authority figures and having my parents stand up to me to see LeBron James, the hero of the movie, not do that was very it was yeah. very painful to me. No, no, okay, I I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting a genuine emotional trigger. I thought it would be again uh, a silly. No, but uh, I, I like that after Warner the many years of trigger. knowing me, you thought that I just got mad because the wrong person <laughs> ran into a painted scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and. Again, like we get a bunch more bits. The tunes start to win. We do get as a Hoosier. I greatly appreciated seeing uh, Don Cheadle doing a Bobby Knight joke, famous mm-hmm. basketball coach of Indiana University. Uh, there was uh, a bit. They try and bring the time stopping Kronos character. He tries to do his thing again. Tunes reveal their secret weapon is Granny, who uh, does some like Matrix moves, and she also messes with his time turner, sends him to the fucking beach from old, and the guy gets super old <laughs> yeah. like a robot and it's falls hilarious. apart. Right? Like it's that's amazing. Like, she she consigns she him, him to an early she consigns him to an early death by and it was like wow this is a rough game. <laughs> yeah, it becomes like steampunkier as he gets old. I kind of mm-hmm. liked that idea. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so wait, so, so that so I only heard I've only heard secondhand about this old person beach. What is it exactly? It's a beach where you turn into an old person. Yeah, Dan, what's the deal here? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen this. Uh, I'm not familiar, but I believe yeah, you, it's uh, it's the least popular tourist attraction. Uh, sure, they, they, they basically <laughs> just have to like dump people on the beach. Be like, hey, maybe you'll like this beach. I don't know. It turns people old. <laughs> I mean, can you dump them on so that they're like, well, I, I'm really dying to hit my 16th birthday so I can drive. Right, right. I'm only 14. Mm-hmm. Can you just dump me on it long enough so I get to be 16? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what like if what maybe. if I'm just on the beach for like a couple minutes? Does it know? ageify your driver's license? <laughs> I, that's a good point. I mean like... <laughs> ageify. <laughs> maybe if you like go on and you're like, you're in a harness and like a helicopter like pulls you off the beach at uh-huh. the exact right moment. Or, uh-huh. I mean, you could, the... if someone is willing to risk getting old to collect that sand, because I assume the power is in the sand, and g- mm. people could take, like kids could take it a little bit of a time instead of having to deal with the old antiquated analog Zoltar technology that yes. they needed to use in the past to get old. Uh-huh. So that they could finally go into the city, get a job, and then touch a woman's boobs. Now you can just get a little bit of that sand, and you can have the I same think, effect. Yeah. I think they did more than that, my friend. The uh, <laughs> I so. mean, I'm just going by what's on screen. Uh, but anyway, uh, it used to now, be you, maybe, if you wanted to maybe, get if you wanted to age fast, you had to go to Rye Playland, and that is yeah, not conceivable for uh, most people. You know. Yeah. Now, do you think that? 
Do you think that the the old beach would also serve a purpose for say, I don't I don't know, like parents who are like, I am dying to have my fucking kids out of the house. Mm-hmm. I want to send them to college. Yes, very much. I so. can't I can't do I can't do these difficult middle school, high school years. Oh yeah. Let's yeah. just ageify this kid up, send them away to whatever college well, we can afford. Then the, the, whatever well, then or a the trade question school, is, preferably. Well, because that's the thing. Usually you would save up their whole lives for college, but if you're aging them quickly, you don't have as much time for the compound. Put your bank can you put your bank account on the ageified? <laughs> that's a good question. What if you deposited some sand in a safety deposit box with the bank age and then your money gets older and therefore more of it? Stewart's plan is for people who hear the song Cats in a Cradle and are like, yes, yes, this is what I want. Uh, <laughs> oh, they can get there someday. Uh, <laughs> now, the question is, when you get old, do you get the memories of the time that you passed or you're just instantly that age? Because you don't want to send to college like a, an eight-year-old in an 18-year-old's body. That is trouble. That is T-rubble. <laughs> that sounds like a couple of my college uh, performance reports. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pass, okay, possible. I'm just saying they need to have a generation of Jacks starring Robin Williams, and that's a problem. Uh-huh. You don't need yeah. a generation of those. Generation of Jacks. Jack, not in this movie in any way. Okay, so... I don't know if that's uh, a Warner Brothers property, but... <laughs> so around here, the tunes have basically tied the game. Uh, LeBron and his son patch things up. They hug... Uh, and again, I paused it and I was like, there's 20 minutes left. <laughs> uh, so, uh, algae. Well, here's the thing. Whenever I watch one of these movies now, I pad in roughly seven to 10 minutes of credits yeah, because yeah. with all the special effects, it's long credits. Uh, so, so Al, algae realizes he's lost his captain. He's lost his time Turner fellow. He, his team needs a new captain. It's going to have to be him. So he uses, uh, a variety of technology to make himself into a giant, uh, CGI Don Cheadle. Um, <laughs> They play some basketball. Uh, he scores a dunk on LeBron, and then he makes a training day reference, which is great. And yep. then he follows yep. it oh, wait, up wait, with hold it. On. I, that, the, yeah, I look for people who are not going to watch this movie, and I do not recommend it. Let us explicitly say the reference because it is one of the times I'm like, okay, I like that. Uh-huh. Where like Don Cheadle says the famed line from Training Day, King Kong ain't got nothing on me, and King Kong, who is in the audience, just does a little huffy like arm cross. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, to see mm-hmm. uh, a, that beautiful giant ape uh, do such a delicate movement was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's hand it to the animators. Let's take them. Yeah. Uh, let's do a round of applause for them, guys. Good work on that. Alex, gag. throw that uh, yeah. round of applause. <laughs> and, in there. and 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 uh, you know who who I wonder. Who got the lucky dream of getting to go home every day being like, I spent today working on the facial expressions for an animated Don Cheadle. Like, I am, this is what I wanted. Yeah. I will say, there's a lot, there's, like any modern movie, there's a mixed bag of really great effects that work out great and effects that are not working out so well. I was talking to my brother-in-law, who works at, who's a Disney uh, technology animator, and he was saying that he hadn't seen the movie, but I was describing to him and he said, I, I bet you, he said, not knowing it, I bet you they farmed out the effects to a lot of different effects houses and that's why mm-hmm. some things work and some things don't quite work and i wonder if that's true uh so they realize they don't have much time left the point scoring is kind of strange because with the whole style points thing it's kind of difficult to determine how close the actual game <laughs> yeah. is or like how, the, how <laughs> yeah. they're gonna win it's or so how they're weird not because win. at any moment you could suddenly get 500 points so yeah i don't know yeah. it's, it's, it was yeah. it was hard to it was hard to maintain the level of uh you know uh tension that i was expecting uh so <laughs> yeah. lebron decides are, for, uh, for considering the stakes are all of you will be trapped as ghosts in the machine forever if you lose yeah the best Basketball game stakes are very yeah very hard to read. Was, when, when you can when you can stick Wiley e. Coyote into a multiplying machine and suddenly get 800, 900 points, it's yeah. you know it's hard to know how much time means. Definitely, like whose line is it anywhere? Scoring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that Clive Anderson was seen working the board, yeah, that was uh, yeah. 
as a nice touch. I assume he's a Warner Brothers property. Yeah, so LeBron suggests that he is going to risk deletion, risk becoming like a glitch by uh, by performing his illegal step back maneuver that he had previously done while playing the game. And everyone's like, no, you're going to die. And he's like, I'm not a, I'm not a tune. I can do whatever I want. Uh, but then, of course, in the middle of the game, Bugs decides to do it himself. And you're like, no, Bugs, don't sacrifice yourself, I guess. I don't know what the stakes are. Um, so LeBron now, As we find the out ball. later, Stuart, the stakes are incredibly high and also non-existent. Yeah. Uh, LeBron catches the ball. He scores a basket. The tunes win. Uh, everybody gets zapped home. Bugs is glitched. The yeah, game well, is wait, over. Al- it's, and it's al- algorithm... On. Algorithm is posterized. He has turned into yeah. a poster, and that's it. He's just a poster now. He's you know? dead forever. Bugs has a full-on death scene. Let's not, uh-huh. like, Bugs is, like, being, like, held by Lola Bunny. He says, that's all, folks. He, like, uh-huh. turns into He it turns into a, a star that ascends bunny. into the, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. He turns into a star that flies up to heaven. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, what did this movie just do? <laughs> uh-huh. You're like, is this the end? And I'm like, no, Dan, this is not the end. It's also yeah. death is just another step along our journey. Oh, boy, yeah. Stuart, that's a the dangerous, a dangerous curtain, message to send out. Uh, the dull the, gray curtain of this world is pulled back, <laughs> and all is silver and glass. And Tune World is seen behind. Um, the I think it's uh, the fact that, and again, I, as someone, I have a, I feel like I have a real emotional love of Bugs Bunny and those characters. I have a real deep connection to them. They mean a lot to me, and yet. I, there was I, I had the same reaction where I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be like worried that Bugs Bunny is dying? Like I don't. This is not since yeah. the, there was that there was that animated heroes fight drugs special when I was a kid, where like Bugs and my and Raphael or Michelangelo and a bunch of the all the Saturday morning lineup character characters and, and Cerebus, right? Yeah, and Cerebus, Dave Sims, Cerebus was in there. Yeah, the Larry Martyrs, Bean World characters were all in there. Sure, concrete. Maggie and Hopi. Yeah, they're all con- <laughs> concrete. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, they, uh, they, the, I when, when I was like, wait, does Bugs Concrete's Bunny- a superhero, right? Well, he's a superhero <laughs> in a world without villains. You know, he has superpowers, but uh, he mostly uses it to rescue people or write memoirs. But uh, the. The, the idea that when I was young that, like, wait, Bugs Bunny cares if I do drugs or not? Like, this doesn't square <laughs> with my understanding of the character. That's how I felt with this, where I was like, wait a minute, my, I'm supposed to be worried that Bugs Bunny is dying now? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I wasn't worried that it was, he was truly and it was di- the only, dead, but the, yeah. it seemed wild that it happened. <laughs> it was, and what, ironically, it was like, they're going for the same emotion that the speechless uh, image after Mel Blanc died uh, had, where... It showed mm-hmm. an it showed a microphone with nobody standing on it, and all the and the Looney Tunes characters were like bowing their heads in grief, and it was mm-hmm. like it, they're kind of going for that, but like that was about the death of a real person who existed. Yeah. This is like I don't. There's not part of me that, and as the movie, I was like, but he's a cartoon, right? So they could just draw more of him, and the movie then bears you out on that. But anyway, continue. So Bugs yeah. when he dies, he ascends to heaven as a star. <laughs> okay, so uh, we now the you know again the gray curtain of the world uh, world pulls back and we are. <laughs> Back in the real world, multiple weeks later, LeBron is taking his son Dom to basketball camp, so we think he's carrying a basketball, so that's, you know, that's a prop. Uh, You got to bring your own basketball to basketball camp. Really limits who can go, you know. uh, So it turns out he he tricked his son. He's not taking him to basketball camp. He's taking him to, what, video game creation camp? I don't remember what they called it. Yeah, it's a video Um, game coding camp. 
And he's like, okay, you won't be needing that basketball. And his son's like, I'm going to keep it. And he's like, oh, wow, the students become the master. Um, his son leaves, <laughs> and, and then, then, of course— you've got to imagine the rest of that coding camp is just him bouncing that basketball off of other kids' heads going, nerd, nerd, <laughs> I'm a jock, nerd. Yep. Uh, and then Bugs Bunny shows up, and uh, we get a little bit of outro goofs where Bugs is like, "You can't kill me, I'm immortal." Yeah, he goes, he like, goes, you can't. He goes, you you gotta know, you can't kill a Looney Tune. It's a, like and mm-hmm. Looney Tunes don't it's die, like, and it's like, what? What was the death scene about then, Bugs? <laughs> what? Like that was what? Like if you're gonna, it's a cycle, like fucking Ragnarok, Dan. Yeah, I yeah, it's just wa- like the death of Balder. It happens over and over. That's again. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I wasn't. <laughs> He's just I, like Balder. I certainly wasn't mad at the movie for removing the stakes that I didn't think were there in the first place. I didn't think the movie was gonna kill off Bugs Bunny, <laughs> well, beloved so character if, Bugs Bunny. The, the movie ended, and then they're just at the end said Bugs Bunny, 1941 to 2021. <laughs> yeah. And Warner Brothers. Then the next scene is the head of Warner Brothers being. That's right. We are retiring the Bugs Bunny character. He will never. <laughs> appear in anything again and they take all the Bugs Bunny memorabilia and they bury it in the desert and they pour concrete over it they go Bugs Bunny is now only a myth and a memory not concrete the character though you can't pour him he's they don't pour Paul Chadwick's concrete on there no no they don't now he belongs to the ages no, I didn't think <laughs> we I, are that. But aren't you giving up millions of dollars by ending any uh, uh, Bugs Bunny thing? We yes, we are. But we feel like we're showing to, him the respect that he <laughs> to deserves do, to do justice to his sacrifice and the choice he made in Space Jam: A New Legacy. We will never bring him back. But aren't aren't you? What if a future Warner Brothers executive decides to bring him back? Impossible. We are also destroying all the original Bugs Bunny cartoons, every piece of documentation, and we are making a legal oath. Everyone at Warner Brothers that this will never happen, and if someone does try to bring him back in the future, this judge has declared through an injunction that we can kill that person in order to maintain wow. Bugs Bunny's honorable sacrifice. And in exchange, we will build this statue with a with a with an eternal flame to Bugs Bunny. Thank you, Bugs uh-huh. Bunny, for sacrificing your life. Thank you. Again, the statue is not a physical representation of Bugs Bunny because those are illegal now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's yeah. just fire. It's just it's just <laughs> it's fire roughly shaven with uh, fire on top of it. And and no, then I, and then and then they wait, they leave the podium. Joe Biden oh. walks up as president of the United States. I am declaring all flags will fly half mast forever in honor of Bugs Bunny's sacrifice <laughs> to represent to recognize that he will never appear again and that he is the ultimate hero of all reality. I know what you're thinking. Flag, uh, flag staff creators don't just make your staff twice as big. That's <laughs> no, not no, cool. No, no. Same, Same size. size. We're still we're doing half mass because I am creating a new department of flag staff height that will go across the country checking all flag staffs to ensure they are regulation and the height. height of Flagstaff Arizona will will actually sure. be lowered. Flagstaff yeah. Arizona will also be halved. No roofs on any of the we'll buildings. All two story houses are now one story. All one story houses are now half story. Houses. And now half stories you have to go into the ground to get to them or if you're very short maybe that'll work in addition the words bugs and bunny are now stricken from the english language in america and punishable by death you may saying only them. say insects or rabbits <laughs> yes so the, his, the movie... his, his absence his absence from life will be will be recognized with an absence from memory and also the collective culture uh-huh. a an open wound a threat a, 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 a lacuna that will never be filled in order to bear our 
our immortal grief, our incredible eternal grief at the sacrifice chosen to be made by Bugs Bunny in Space Jam, a new legacy on HBO Max now and in theaters. Before, before you ask, yes, to give you an example, the movie Ladybugs will forever be known as Lady. Yes, very true. Uh, Bugs Meanie from sacrifice. the Encyclopedia yep. Brown novels is now just Meanie or perhaps Rabbit's Meanie. Bugs Malone, mm-hmm. similar. Rabbit's Malone. Uh, let's talk about Bunny. Uh, you will no longer be allowed to call someone your honey bunny. They will be your honey rabbit or just mm-hmm. honey. Uh, uh-huh. Do you, Any other questions? Any other questions here? Uh, yes, the Trix Rabbit. His name is Trix Rabbit, not Trix Bunny. He will remain the same. We are not eliminating the animals of rabbits, but the word bunny is no longer around. But Look, wouldn't it guys, be recognizing all... Bugs Bunny if we did eliminate all rabbits? You're right. Let's do it. No more now, rabbits in the United States. What about a bug's life? There's an apostrophe in there. Does it the same? Because... It's not spelled the same as Bugs Good question. Bunny. It is spelled the same but with an apostrophe. That's just a that's just a plural possessive. That will now be called an insect's life. All prints will be changed at Disney's expense. They understand, <laughs> and as a brother studio, they understand the great sacrifice Warner Brothers is making, representing the great sacrifice Bugs Bunny made, again in the hit film Space Jam, A New Legacy, which now, according to the Constitution, is reality. We are it's living the- in a simulation based on Space Jam, A, a New Legacy. It is all the... 4,000-page binders we've handed out to each one of you. Every <laughs> No, I wasn't expecting any of that to happen, okay. but I did expect okay. some bit more of an explanation than like, eh, I didn't die. Oh, no. you w- Yeah, you expected something other than... It was all a goof. He doesn't even say it was a goof or a joke. He just says, nothing can kill us. And, and also the fact that Bugs Bunny is not dead and is now walking around the real world with no explanation. He was <laughs> just IP terrifying. in the Warner Brothers servers, and he's like, all my friends came with me. Hope you got bunk beds at your house. It's like, wait a minute. So can these characters just enter our reality whenever they want? Or is Jason going to walk through that portal? Like, what? A, there are a lot of scary things. Like, we saw the Droogs and King Kong yeah, at the game. Yeah. Are they suddenly in the real world? That's We're frightening. Gonna, mm-hmm. We're going to have to create some sort of Ultron to protect the world from what's coming now. <laughs> I Seems guess like so. A mistake. Different company, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that is, I guess that wraps up. Uh, that's going to put a pin on Space Jam and New Legacy. Uh, we're probably the 500th podcast to uh, cover this movie. Yeah. Dan, you listened to a couple. Did we say all the exact same bits and jokes? Did uh, they also talk about I, Bugs Bunny's death I, and the ramifications? Uh, not the ramifications. Not at okay. length like we did. Uh, my Bim Bam did about half of an episode on it. So there's oh, okay. that, like, I know Blank Check did three hours or something. Jesus on, Christ. A new legacy. But, well, that's uh, par for the course. Hey, guys, uh, I think it's. I think that's okay. Yeah. You know what? A lot of people have done book reports on The Great Gatsby. Go ahead and read it. Do a book report on it. It's a great book. Obviously, a, a work of art of this magnitude demands multiple interpretations and multiple analyses, you know. Uh, so we, do we, we have to go more than three hours then? We do- actually <laughs> – yeah, I guess so. I guess I we think have to so. Okay, Stuart, start summarizing the we, movie again. We open in media <laughs> okay, res. Sm- no, no, Ron no, no, is res. alive. We did. We did. I do. I do. <laughs> but he's a little time. kid. We saw. We saw Griffin for a little while last night, and the glint in his eye when he, the glint in his eye that that we would have to go through, and the weariness in his heart that he uh-huh. he had seen it was yeah. uh, something to see. Um, okay, let's uh, move on to. Final judgments, whether it's a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked. I'm going to say, like, yes, Elliot, I was like, I similarly thought of Cats in the sense that this is, like, one of the most misbegotten 
giant budget Hollywood movies uh, that I can remember in my lifetime. Unlike Cats, it is not a shot of pure joy. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just a, not at all. Uh, misery after misery. It reminded me of like when I was a, a, like a kid, when I was like 12 or 13, I remember thinking like, oh, what an awesome movie it would be if like all of my favorite monsters were in the same movie together. Like if like uh, there's a, like some, the plot was like somebody figured out how to bring uh, like the gremlins out from gremlins and put them with uh, Jason Voorhees and the xenomorph and like mm-hmm. they had to fight them. Mm-hmm. And this movie is proof that uh, that's why, you know, children, maybe not the best uh, storytellers, uh, a bad idea that should stay in a child's mind <laughs> did not yeah. pan out as a film. Uh, I'm just going to say it was bad, bad. Yeah, I recently, so I recently watched Ready Player One, and I mean, I think there's some obvious comparisons because they both just like mush all kinds of garbage together. Um, and I feel like- Like the trash compactor. <laughs> yes, and I was kind of hoping that that Space Jam A New Legacy, because it kind of takes everything less seriously, it would be more palatable to me, but no, it's just, it's just kind of, it's kind of a weird mess of a movie. Obviously, Don Cheadle's performance is great and he's fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a bad, bad movie. I don't, I don't recommend it. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bad, bad movie. All that be, I agree with you guys on what you said. There seems to, it's like, we're, we're learning that there's a diminishing return to heaping beloved characters on top of each other into a sort of, um, pile of, of character, like that there's a reason that, um, like, you take like like Godzilla is great, King Kong is great. You put them both in a movie. Somehow the movie's not quite as good. Like there is a demultiplying effect, a uh, dividing yeah. effect, I guess, when you have all these characters in there. And but you know, I can't again. I can't fault the creators of the movie. Everyone involved in this movie. If if you if you came to me and you said you're going to make a movie, it's the Looney Tunes and every Warner Brothers character in one movie. The only the only uh, stipulation is it has to be basketball. I'd be like, sign me up. I don't care how it turns out. Like just to be able to sit down and write the words. Bugs Bunny dunks the basketball through the basket as the Droogs watch on in in ecstasy. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah. it's really not a. Uh, if you if you love the first Space Jam, go back and watch it again. Uh, you know, and if you love the Looney yeah. Tunes, go watch like Looney Tunes cartoons. There's better versions of every single thing in this movie, including LeBron James. And or watch you, or watch The Last Dance. Yeah, and if you like combining IP, just buy any T-shirt off the internet, and yeah, yeah. that'll be there great. There you go. Video games. Video games. Video. Games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Are you riddled with guilt over your TBR pile? Are you filled with shame about a book that you just can't seem to finish? Are you having regrets because grad school killed your love of reading? We're Reading Glasses, and we're here to help. I'm Mallory. And I'm Bria. Let us absolve you of all your reading guilt. Stuck on a book you don't like? We'll help you dump it. Can't figure out what to read next? 
We'll recommend something in your wheelhouse. Can't decide where to buy your books from? We'll point you in the right direction. No matter what you read or how you read it, we'll help you do it better. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hello, this is Dan dropping in from my present, this episode's future, your past, to tell you. Um, we hadn't announced it at the time we recorded, so we're adding this on uh, after the fact that we are doing a streaming live show. The world is still uh, too uncertain for us to get out on the road and see you all in person like we might want to do and hope we will be able to do at some point. Uh, but for right now, we are returning to you over the internet our natural habitat uh, to talk to you about Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario Brothers, depending on your preference. Uh, it's uh, going to be discussing that uh, famous flop from 1993, starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo as the titular brothers and Dennis Hopper as uh, the bad guy, and uh, it's a uh, uh, $10. It's a ticketed show, uh, $10. You can get tickets by going to theflophouse.simpleticks.com. That's ticks with the T-I-X, theflophouse, simpleticks, T-I-X.com. Um, it will be on uh, Saturday, September the 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, we're trying to split the difference between time zones, but if you can't watch it live, it is, I gotta say, it's fun to watch it live. Uh, there's um, chat functionality. You can chat with uh, other Flophouse listeners, but if you can't watch it live, worry not. Your ticket gets you access to the show for another week after the uh, the actual show was done. And it's got great stuff uh, along with um, talking about Super Mario Brothers. We also have our uh, PowerPoint presentations like we do on um, tour uh, with the added bonus of having them all slowed down because of the internet. So our timing is off and you can laugh at us for that. Uh, we got some uh, Ask the Floppers. Uh, you can t uh, throw some questions at us via Twitter, and we'll respond. There's other stuff we're going to do, other fun stuff that we don't want to spoil ahead of time. But if you are interested in this, again, you can go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com, and for a mere $10, acquire your ticket for Saturday, September 25th, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, not Pacific. Whoa, what was that? And uh, we hope that we'll see you there. And oh, there'll be a little um, show exclusive merch that will be also available during that period. If you like having t shirts and if you like having t shirts that other people don't have because they weren't there, uh, this is for you. Uh, but anyway, we hope you can make it. Time for some ads, or one ad, in fact. Uh, the Flophouse <laughs> is sponsored in part by Storyblocks. What? Bring your stories to life. Yes, Stuart. Without sacrificing your vision with Storyblocks. 
Storyblocks unlimited all access plan gives you unlimited downloads of the over 1 million plus assets in their library. You can try out multiple options quickly and find the perfect fit so you can create more and spend less. Stay on budget while telling the best version of your story with the most affordable subscription plans and tools on the market that scale to meet your needs. And Restock is their commitment to increase representation in stock media by hiring creators from marginalized communities to create content that is more reflective of the diverse world we live in. I use Storyblocks uh, to do something from our live show. It was very easy to use, very easy to find the assets, download them. Uh, they all looked beautiful. Uh, you, too, can explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash flop. That's storyblocks.com slash flop. Before we move along, do you guys have anything you want to plug or anything? Uh, well, I do own a couple of bars in Brooklyn, Hinterlands Bar and Minnie's Bar. I would recommend checking both of them out. They're great, uh, provided that uh, in the time between recording this and releasing it, uh, the restrictions haven't changed. Um, and for everyone who's already been supporting and ordering T-shirts from Hinterlands Bar Merch at gmail.com, thank you. Uh, it's been really helpful. Uh, and uh, Maniac in New York, uh, the trade paperback is Coming out soon, it is available for, I think it's still available for pre-order uh, through Diamond, I'm not sure, but uh, tell your local comic book store to get one for you, uh, the collection of the first series of Maniac of New York. There's an all-new introduction by me in it. There's a lot oh, of great. stuff in the back where uh, Andrea, the artist, Andrew Moody, shows you how he did the art. Uh, it should look great. And, of course, it's a spine-chilling tale of murder and blood and civic dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is chilling. The most chilling of all. Mm -hmm. But now, let us uh -huh. move on to... What? what? Uh -huh. let, us, let, let us move on to letters. Letters from listeners like you. Mm -hmm. The listeners. Yep. This is from... <laughs> sure. Let Jeff. us move on. Oh. Let us move on to letters. Letters and let. They both start the same. Just like Tracy lets the star of the game. There's Tracy lets out on the court, throwing oh. the ball, having a ball. That's right, it's NBA superstar Tracy Letts, and we're reading <laughs> letters about him. Tracy Letts, the MVP. Look at those rings on his meaty fists. That's right, he's the greatest that ever played Tracy Letts. He's the best in the basketball right game. August Osage County, Tracy Letts. <laughs> Maybe you don't know that when he's not writing plays or acting in Lady Bird, he's an NBA star. That's right. Oh. Tracy Letts, number one NBA player. Tracy Letts. Uh, well, I was just reading someone who had Coach, missed. coach, I have to miss the game. Good I'm going to be in a production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. Well, Tracy, normally I'd say no, but I got to let you go because you're just that good. We can mm -hmm. lose you for one game, but don't make it two. Don't worry, coach, I'll be back. As soon as I read Edward Albee's immortal words on stage, I'm Tracy Letts, and I've got my dream. Basketball by day and Broadway by night. But is there more to this? Is there more to life than basketball and Broadway? Yes, there is. Hi. I'm the movie love and basketball. I'm here to tell you there's something else to life. It's called love. And there's also basketball, too. Hold on. Tracy Letts then said, can I be in love and play basketball and be on Broadway? No, 
said Love and Basketball. Wow. You gotta choose two, either Love and Basketball or Love and Broadway. There's a reason there's no movie called Love and Basketball and Broadway. What's Tracy Letts gonna do? What's he gonna choose with this hard choice, Love or Basketball or Broadway? He can't have it all. He can only have basketball and either Love or Broadway. Cause that's Tracy Letts. NBA superstar. Tracy, let's. Dan, what are we doing at this part of the show? I forgot. Oh, it's letters. Oh, right, right, right. That's. I think that was the connection. This is from Jeff, last name withheld, who writes, Good morning, or whatever, Peaches. Hearing you talk about you, me, madness. And reading reviews of Space Jam, A New Legacy, got me thinking about vanity projects. Vanity projects get me get a bad rap because so many of them are clearly more about stroking the creator's egos rather than making a compelling story. But do you have any vanity project films that you've enjoyed in the past? Does Citizen Kane count as a vanity project? Side note, my favorite vanity project remains the comic book Superman vs. Muhammad Ali. While Ali didn't write it himself, that thing is so crazy and so clearly flattering to Ali that I cannot help but smile as I read it. Keep on flopping. Jeff, last name withheld. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, like, I see what you're saying with, uh, I wouldn't call something like Space Jam a new legacy a vanity project. It is based around a personality. It is based around the idea that, um... You know, this 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 person has become so famous in their given area that uh, we must put them in a movie. But, uh, you know, like a vanity project traditionally, I think, is more along the lines of something that is sort of driven by the creator. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean, because I think that a vanity project, like if something is successful – we just think of it like, oh man, that's pers- that person's a writer, director, actor. Like they can do it all, and it like ceases being a vanity project. Like the inf- the implied part of vanity project is the vanity is thinking that they're good enough to do all of this and not recognizing that they aren't. But what do you yeah, guys? Yeah, like how is how is the room a vanity project and like um, any Woody Allen movie from his prime period not a vanity project? You know, like yeah. it's it's like. Once, yeah, like the idea that once something is of a high enough quality that it justifies a person, it, it justifies that they do have that talent. Does it stop being a vanity project then? Because I want to, uh, I was thinking along similar lines. I was talking about uh, the documentarian Russ uh, McElwee, or uh, who Ross made McElwee? the McElwee, who so, does like uh, Sherman's March and and yeah. stuff like that. And his documentaries are very much about his life and about what is going on in his head. And if he was, Mm -hmm. is it the fact that he's a talented documentarian and his movies are touching and brilliant that makes them not vanity projects? Because otherwise, if you made a documentary literally about, I'm going to go and try to find a girlfriend uh, in the South and meet a bunch of people that I used to know, or I'm going to make a movie about how I'm having a kid right now and what it's like when my wife is pregnant, like those are, it would seem like that's the definition of a vanity project. So what is it? Is it just that, Vanity projects are bad versions of those. What do you guys think, Stu? Dan already raised yeah, the like, questions. Now, Stu, you yeah, like, answer it. Uh, but like, would you say something like adaptation or Synecdoche, New York, or vanity projects because they're they're like so keyed into the screenwriter's like neuroses? It's a good question because at the same I, and director, right? He directed those. Well, he directed Synecdoche. He didn't direct adaptation. Spike Jones directed that. Yeah. But uh, and like, and he doesn't star in either of them. But but like, it's a good question. It's like when 
almost all I, because there's also the people who will tell you true art is when the artist digs deep in themselves and says something honest about themselves and the world and how they see it. So like that's a sort of level of vanity too. Like is Vincent Van Gogh's self portrait a vanity project? Probably not because he didn't seem to like himself very much. But the like <laughs> the. <laughs> But like, at what point? At what point does someone? Elliot, it, you don't have to like yourself uh, too much to be vain. Uh, I mean, me to you. be honest, you, you can be very vain without liking yourself. Uh, the it's. I think there's a. Yeah, it's like when when does it stop being art that you are looking inward and start being a vanity? I guess maybe it's when the thing is like Frank D'Angelo is a vanity project guy because his yeah, movies are yeah. just about how great he is as a person. It's not like. This is how I see the world, and I just had to get my 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 thoughts and feelings out there. It is I'm going to be the greatest guy in the world, and I, everyone's going to tell me what mm-hmm. a great singer I am, and how tough I am, and how cool I am. And I'm going to save the day, and even when I'm a criminal vampire, I'm still somehow the hero of the movie, and everybody yeah. loves me. And James Caan wants me to bite him. So like that, I guess that's yeah. it's vanity when it's all about how like the moment in at the beginning of the room when they're like Johnny, you're so wonderful, what a great boyfriend. Like that's yeah. vanity project, you know. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it's hard to tell. You know, I mean, as we said earlier, Spike Lee literally made us. He literally they hired him to make Nike commercials, and he put himself in them, playing a character from one of his movies. Like, is that yeah. a vanity project? Possibly, you know. But it's also a Nike commercial. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it. Uh, the The question is, do we like that we genuinely like? Mm. Because I feel like there's a lot of. I have gotten a fair amount of pleasure for a bun- from a bunch of dumb vanity projects. Yeah. That's true. Many of the ones we've already mentioned, I've enjoyed on some level. Um, I mean, obviously, my favorite vanity project is my current workout regimen because it feeds my own vanity. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite vanity projects are some of uh, the albums Prince uh, produced. Mm -hmm. Or the the carpentry work. Because vanity! Uh, Elliot, vanity. The artist vanity. No, I got it. I got it, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think my favorite vanity project is probably the book The Devil's Candy, which is about the making of Bonfire of the Vanities. Great. Okay, mm-hmm. done. Um, hey, this is another letter. Oh, okay. I, I, I lost I'll, I'll allow it. I, I mean, I believe it, yeah. <laughs> I lost the, I lost well, we'll, the writer's we'll cover name. It when we get, we'll cover it when we get to the letters section of the podcast, <laughs> know, right? This is the letters sure, sure. section. Well, oh, okay. Well, there, you're sure. soaking in it. <laughs> I, lost, I lost the writer's name. So let's just uh, say this is from LeBron James. Um, Thank you so much for writing it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I apologize. For, I just cut off. Uh, hello. <laughs> and and we, we certainly, it's lost to the mists of history now. There's no way of finding the original. I, it was thrown I, in that pit when Bugs Bunny's memorabilia was buried and burned. Look, I have to, I, my, my, I have so little space left. I have to delete things sometimes, so. <laughs> Uh, but I apologize to the writer of the See, letter. See, there was a browser window open that had all the information, and Dan went up to the little X button and hit it, and now it's gone forever. No, no, no. Gone forever, yeah. Hello, Flophouse. Have you ever had an incorrect first impression of a film or other media that still affects your thinking about it long after you've corrected your understanding? Stuart's Warhammer episode reminded me of how my first exposure to uh, 40K was a video game demo that made me think the setting was about a heroic but hopelessly outnumbered band of alien space communists fighting the evil religious fascists of a long-dead god-emperor. Not knowing that those were the heroes of the game. (laughs) Yeah. Several lore dives quickly taught me this wasn't the case, but whenever I play or think about the series, I wonder what it would be like if the setting really was all about... All right, Stuart, you say these words. Uh, Uh... 
all about Shasso Case. Oh, it's from Fire Tau Fire Warrior. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was a good game. Uh, ragtag team of socialists working to free the masses of the Imperium from the Emperor and his evil space marines. P.S. I watched the Castle Freak. Uh, I watched Castle Freak for the first time on Tubi of all things. Mm, you're welcome. And was suddenly and suddenly head of the family <laughs> was at the very top of the recommended list. Yeah, Stuart. That's that's my legacy, baby. Yeah, yeah Stuart. His Stuart molded the algorithm to his own needs, just like Spike <laughs> Lee did with that commercial. Yeah, uh-huh. and like Don Cheadle, Algae Rhythm did yeah. in the movie Space Jam: A New Legacy. Yeah, you're the real life Algae Rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm sure this is some. I this is something that uh, I don't have a fully uh, formed answer to, but I will say uh, two things. One is that. My kids uh, believe that Bosk plays an outsized role in the Star Wars series because of a a Bosk children's book that they have. And I think they'll always carry that with them, the idea that my my younger one, who is about to turn three, he's like, I want to see a video of Bosk talking. And I'm like, I don't know if that exists (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) Like, he's only on screen for like a second, but we have a whole book about him. So I, I know you think he's a major character. Uh, and I think they'll always think to a certain extent that Star Wars is about Bosk. I, I may have told the story on the podcast before about the movie High Spirits and how I was a kid when that came out. Mm-hmm. And I have this vivid, vivid memory of a kid, another kid at school telling me, oh, I saw that movie. And this is what happens in it. And telling me the most horrific, sexually violent tale I had ever heard up until that point. And that all invo- like involved a, a man stabbing a woman to death while they were having sex, and then that woman comes back years later and starts stabbing other pe- other people. And I was like, and I've never seen the movie since then, because I know that's not what it's about, not but it still frightens movie. me. The idea, the idea of seeing that still scares me. So that's what's keeping me from seeing the otherwise standard classic film High Spirits. Nice. Criterion Collection High Spirits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have anything, Stu? I have a... But. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like all my impressions are based on me, like usually disliking disliking an actor for whatever reason at the time of watching the movie, and then uh, getting over it because uh, I'm an adult and uh, I shouldn't just hold on to dumb grudges that are unrelated. But yeah, I I don't I don't have again. Sorry that I don't think that any of these are exact, but it puts me in mind of Audrey. I discovered that she was under the impression that Mandy was a similar movie to Stuber because, (laughs) and she had based this. Wow. She had based this because she was like, oh, I saw a picture of Nicolas Cage in a car. And I'm like, yeah, but he's covered in blood. (laughs) I know what your image you're thinking. Probably drives an Uber. (laughs) Yeah. Or a Stuber. uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he she had thought that he yeah it was a movie <laughs> about him driving a car around. I'm like, well, kind <laughs> of, I guess. But uh, I definitely, I definitely like when I watched uh, when I watched the Joel Edgerton Tom Hardy movie Warrior about uh, mm-hmm. and Nick Nolte uh, the MMA movie. Uh, I was definitely under the impression when I watched it that it was based on a true story, and it mm-hmm. wasn't until afterwards that I was like, "Oh no, it's all made up." Yeah. But it, while it I was really, watching, I'm like, "This is a fantastic story. <laughs> I can't believe it happened." It really, it really uh, is more powerful if it's based on a true story. Yeah. yeah, that's why they do it at the beginning of every episode of Fargo. Yes, oh, it's yeah, also yeah. the fact that it's basically a serious version of "Here Comes the Boom." Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, you know. Well, uh, great answers all. Let's go on to recommendations. I do like that those two titles are like the complete opposite ends of the spectrum of like vague. (laughs) (laughs) They're like warrior. Every, any movie could be called warrior. Basically, (laughs) Here comes the boom. Not that many. (laughs) (laughs) Any, any movie, Uh, any movie with, (laughs) any movie with improper mic framing. 
Could yeah. be called Here Comes the Boom. Oh, yeah. that's, oh one for the, that's one for the behind-the-scenes crew fans. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Deal well, with it. <laughs> maybe third time's the charm, and we can move on to recommendations, movies that we I don't saw think so. <laughs> that, uh, we'll Sorry, like- no recommendations <laughs> yet. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie I watched um, uh, that I, I came across on Hulu. I was okay. like, oh, there's a, a movie called Hideaway. It's got Jeff Goldblum in it. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, this movie is directed by the director of Lawnmower, The Lawnmower Man and Virtuosity. And it's got <laughs> it's Jeff Goldblum and uh, Christine Lottie and Alicia Silverstone and Jeremy Sisto in it. And it's mm-hmm. like, what is this movie? And I started watching it, the plot being that like, the, uh, the, no spoilers, because this. Before yeah. you get into the plot, Dan, who might uh, who might have written the original text that the film is based oh, yeah. on? Dean Koontz is uh, based on a Dean Koontz mm, book, so I'm like, mm, this looks like mm. pr- a prime slice of <laughs> of '90s horror thriller cheese. Did and, you guys um, have the same experience I had when you were like, you knew who Stephen King was, and then around 13, you saw a Dean Koontz novel, and you were like, what is this? Is this yeah. like, this is like from an alternate universe where people don't know Stephen King exists? Like, what's going on? <laughs> to this day, I've not read a Dean Koontz novel. Can, what? Can you give me any reports on this? They're hour? fine. I've read a bunch. They're fine. They're like, no, I, I mean, I haven't I've, read any years. I've specifically read the uh, book Hideaway. Yeah. I also read what the Watchers, the one about yeah, like, the Watchers. Uh, is his big one, the dogs from the the lab or whatever. It's, well, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, it's called Plague Dogs, Ellie. You know, that's a different thing. Like he's <laughs> he he's fine. It's like, I mean, Stephen King is an author who like is often mediocre, but at his best is great. And Dean Koontz yeah. is an author who's like pretty straightforward mediocre. He's not bad, but it's not yeah. you know. If you, you might as well just go read Stephen King, you know, well, it's Dean not Koontz, like you're gonna run out of Stephen King books to read. Dean you know? Koontz wanted his name taken off the movie version of Hideaway, so so uh, again, like make, Stephen King, make of that what you will. But I, I uh, no big spoilers because it happens literally at the beginning of the movie. But Jeremy Sisto does some sort of satanic ritual to kill two thirds of his family, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then kills himself. And uh, he gets uh, sent to a great CGI afterlife that uh-huh. you would expect from uh, the director of La- The Lawnmower Man and Virtuosity, uh, a very early CGI hell. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Jeff Goldblum also dies briefly, uh, gets sent there. Oh, boy, when they get brought, brought back from the other side, they all got mixed up somehow. They Jeff Goldblum has all these disturbing visions. Uh, what's going on? Women keep ending up dying. What's happening? And uh, it is just, uh, look, it is not quite as loopy as you would hope from all of these people being involved in the movie. It, it does slump a lot in the middle. Oh, Alfred Molina's also in it. Always great to see him. But sure. if you have any affection like I do for this particular brand of schlock especially the like cheesy but now like so many years have passed that they come back around to like psychedelically beautiful cgi effects um yeah it's it's a fun little movie i saw that shit in the movie theater dan (laughs) i was so excited my my eyes were blown away by the special effects demo reel that they provide for you it's amazing there's something i mean it's because we grew up then but there's something so comforting to me about how about night the way 90s movies are bad in a very specific way you know Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like that's how you make a dumb movie this is (laughs) how you do it 
Thank no, you, brain scan. I'll have another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screamers, yeah. yes, please. And oh, wow. Yeah. I just want to take a moment to recognize the irony of me beginning the episode by decrying nostalgia <laughs> and viewing uh, original Space Jam. Uh, um, you know, I'm a hypocrite like everyone. So. We're not like we're not like normal guys. Like we're like cool guys. Like we understand yeah, that on. our nostalgia is toxic, and w- that we can stop anytime we want. Like we like yeah. we cool. like crap for the right reasons, not for the yeah, wrong yeah. reasons. We're, we're cool guys as long as it's done well. Yeah, yeah. come on. Anyway. Uh, cool, cool. I am going to recommend. Uh, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. Shift. And em. I'm going to. Re- I'm going to recommend a beautiful, amazing movie that was nominated for an Academy Award. So it does not need my support, but you should listen to me anyway. I'm going to recommend a movie called Wolf Walkers that's on uh, Apple Plus. It was nominated for what Best Animated Film? I think it lost to Soul, uh, which is also great. Um, but Wolf Walkers is a beautiful historic fantasy. Uh, about, uh, well, it's about, you know, like a frontier town in Ireland and they are dealing with a wolf problem in the woods and a, uh, the, it's a little girl who wants to hunt the wolves and help her father. Who's a hunter who's voiced by Sean Bean. Mm. Uh, uh, (laughs) but then they realize that the, uh, that there's more to these wolves than meets the eye. They are not transformers. Well, they kind of are actually, Mm. uh, but it's, uh, it's beautiful. The animation style is, it feels very unique and fresh. It's great. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's lovely. It, it's great. I highly recommend it. Uh, I feel like it's appropriate for to show most kids. It's a little scary, um, and there's some violence, but it's uh, man, it's just such a gorgeous little movie. How do they, and Wolf, what happens in the big basketball game at the end? That's the thing. So the big basketball game involves uh, LeBron James again. Okay. Um, and Marvin the Martian shows up this time, finally getting his due. Mm. And that dog of his, who also wears the same clothes as he has, <laughs> yes. what's, what's his name? His or name her name, is, I don't know. Uh, I should know that, and I don't remember it. Let me look it up. It's too bad that Pluto is taken for a cartoon dog. That's 100% yeah. true. So they show oh, up. Canine. There. He's just called Canine. So uh, that's kind know. of boring. Disappointing. Oh, Co-starred with Jim Belushi in that. Yeah, movie. I mean, I don't yeah. want to spoil too much, but yeah, it's a pretty good basketball game. Okay, I'll have to see that basketball movie, Wolfwalkers. Um, I'm going to recommend a, a documentary that I also saw on Hulu, just like Dan watches movies on Hulu too. Uh, and this is the movie Summer of Soul that came out uh, just recently. Uh, and is oh, wow, yeah. mo- is mostly made up of footage from the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, and it was a big multi-week, you know, multi-weekend festival where a ton of amazing performers uh, performed in 1969. And then the movie, you know, it it uses that as a way to talk about what that moment meant for being black in America at the time, and both the changes that uh, the black community was going through, and the both hopes and fears at the time. And they make a little bit of hay about this was this big festival and it didn't it has happening around the same time as Woodstock and did not get at the same time as Woodstock and did not get the same attention and what that means. But they don't uh, make that the whole linchpin of the movie, which is great. Instead, uh, they really let the footage speak for itself for the most part. And the footage is amazing. The performances are are amazing. The performers are are astounding. And it all they did a great job probably restoring this this older footage. It looks great. and It was all like just sitting in a basement somewhere, right? And Questlove tracked it down. That's the story, yeah. yeah. Well, th- some, of it had, some of it had been leaked onto the internet before, apparently. So well, it's not yeah. all totally discovered, but a lot of it is. And it's just really fantastic. And it, even if you watch it just as a concert movie, 
it's well worth it. But it works really well as kind of like a snapshot of the time type thing and talking to some of the people who were there and stuff like that. So uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. And as people who follow me on Twitter may realize, may have seen that the thing that struck me the most in some ways was how how many people in it are wearing sombreros. That apparently in 1969, sombreros and kind of fringed cowboy jackets were briefly very popular. And so uh, watch it and feel like you are looking at a a world that uh, that does not exist anymore and cannot exist again. This strange analog world of uh, sombreros and fringe jackets yeah. and like huge boxy TV cameras and stuff. So Summer of Soul, it's available. I think it's in theaters too. Uh, so why not go watch it in a theater if you feel safe doing that and, you know, give money to the producers. But uh, I liked it a lot. Well, that was uh, quite a journey, uh-huh. a new legacy. Uh-huh. Yep, we started a new legacy today. Um. Mm-hmm. Before we go, I'd like to think thank. I'd like to thank. I'd like to thank that I'm thankful for our producer Alex Smith, who makes us uh, sound great. Uh, I'd like to uh, recommend that you go over to maximumfun.org. Our podcast network, Max Fun, carries a lot of great shows. Uh, if you like podcasts, I'm sure you'll find at least one other thing, if not several, you will enjoy by checking them out. Um, if you haven't recommended the flop house to someone who you think might like it, why not, why not give it a try? We, uh, always appreciate when you guys help us grow, but, uh, for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen in the part of Tracy Letts, MVP superstar of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Talking about Der Space Jam, Ein Legacy Neue. <laughs> oh, wow. Now I want to see like a print for like a breast play, but for a Space Jam. I mean, this movie has so much distancing uh, in it. That, so there's so many distancing effects in the audience. It's kind of like a breast play. And, but uh, you, there is a, I assume there's a German version where they swap out LeBron James for Werner Herzog. And he's like, ah, oh, I must get my son back, but uh, Bugs, Bugs, how will I win this basketball mm-hmm. game? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's start the episode. I don't want to, let's not waste this stuff. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.